from downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, we have Jordan here from Civic Games to talk about Battle Kid, Fortress of Peril, and AEW Fight Forever finally got a release date. What's Gloom got to do with it? R.I.P. Tina Turner. Prepare your mind and body, and then explore in underpants. <laughs> Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 372, your place to hear Nintendo fans talk to developers of actual Nintendo games. And uh, we are your hosts. I'm Trey Sequence Break Johnson. I'm Jeremy Dragon Scaler Mikowski. I'm John Shrines and Seeds Knitter. And uh, we have a special guest this week. We're going to start off uh, right into the interview here. But we have uh, Jordan here from Savak Games to talk to us about Battle Kid Fortress of Peril. How's it going, Jordan? Welcome, Jordan. Very well. Thank you very much for having me today. Thank you for joining us, uh, and at a very early hour where you are. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 8.30 a.m. here in Japan. Dang. Sounded like a motorcycle just like blew past. There, so and not too early for motorcycle races. Yeah. Yeah, almost every day you'll hear lots and lots of traffic and the occasional ambulance, too, because there's a hospital oh, okay. nearby. <laughs> That's no problem. So, uh, Jordan, tell us, uh, Battle Kid uh, Fortress of Peril has just been released for Nintendo Switch. It came out uh, Friday the 19th. Did you develop this originally for the NES, like as to be playable on the original system? Sure. So we'll talk a little bit about the uh, history of um, the development. So back in 2007, I got into homebrew and um, I was able to make up three kind of small games. Um, And then the fourth game, I wanted to make a platformer. So that was wound up being Battle Kid. At the time, it didn't have a title. It got the title later. But yeah, I developed an engine um, in about yeah, a year, year and a th- couple of months of development. And the game originally came out in 2010 for the uh, NES, and it was on a cartridge. Um, it was originally published through Retro USB. And uh, a few months later, um, it got a small upgrade because um, there was a bug that was discovered in the uh, actual uh, game. And so after that, um, it also got a sequel, Battle Kid 2, which came out in 2012, towards the end of the year. And then uh, I just kind of sat on it for a while. And then I was approached by a Japanese publisher in uh, around 2016. And they wanted to make a Famicom port, but um, they didn't want to use the game as it was. They wanted me to try to rebalance it. So I did that, and it gave me time to do a lot of refinements and fi- iron out a lot of uh, little quirks of the original game. And so uh, the version 2.0 came out in 2018. And then uh, later on, I was approached by another publisher uh, who wanted to do the digital version, 8-Bit Legit. And so we did the Xbox first, and then HIO, and then now, most recently, Nintendo Switch. So that's it, pretty much in a nutshell. And then for the digital version, there were maybe very, very minor revisions. 
the most major of which was a new music track and then a new uh, boss in one of the special stages. But other than that, very, very minor stuff. It must be interesting to see this game that you conceived and made a long time ago now uh, just still have have legs and and come up, come up in, into fruition in different forms over the years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, like you, once in a while, I get into an occasional uh, chat on Twitch. You know, someone's playing a completely different game, and then they see my name. Like, did you make that game? Like, yeah, yeah, I did. Hello, nice to meet you. <laughs> but I don't, you know, go around just saying like, "Hey, it's me." You know, it's just it's flattering that people uh, still know about it. Where did Battle Kid come from? Had you done? Uh, had you made some stuff before that? You said there was a couple before, right? Uh, releases for NES. Um, sure. So like, um, I've always been kind of into. Uh, like game development. Uh, it's like uh, in the very, very late 90s, maybe early 2000s, I got into some ROM hacking. So um, I made a hack of Mega Man 2, for instance, called The Adventures of Base 2. It's one of the oldest Mega Man 2 hacks out there. And that kind of, you know, taught me a little bit about what you can do with the NES, as well as uh, maybe some good level design practices. And I made like a Flash game, um, not a platformer, but it's based on a game called Diamonds, which is for the Mac. And, you know, just a couple of other little ROM hacks here and there. And then um, the games that the original games for the NES, the first one is kind of like a puzzle game called NIM, where um, you have like so many numbers of gems and then you take a number from a row and you have to be the one who takes the very last gem. So then there's a uh, Simon, which I'm sure you guys have seen, like where you have the red, blue, yellow, green, and then you repeat the pattern like red, 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 blue, red, blue. And then the third one was Columns which is uh, kind of like some people call it the poor man's Tetris, but I always mm -hmm. like columns where you have the three gems in a row. So yeah, those games really uh, helped learn like, you know, how to program for the NES. And then finally, Battle Kid is what actually, I really learned a lot about how to make a platformer game. So that's, yeah, pretty much the development. And you said that uh, you got approached by a Japanese developer to make it for the Famicom. Now that's interesting to me because we hear a bit over here about you know about 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 actual physical NES games being made, but I, I don't know much about the market for for physical Famicom games. Can you tell us a little bit about making a, a physical Famicom game? Um, yeah, the publisher their name is Columbus Circle. Um, they've done a couple of uh, other carts. Um, I've seen like some music demos, um, but it's not you know it's it's the same kind of. Um, process like it's the same uh, chipset just you know instead of you know a bigger cartridge you have like a really smaller cartridge but yeah i didn't really have to do any sort of reprogramming in that regard um you know it would be the same hardware just adapted for the famicom is is there a lot of like homebrew uh like de demand for like homebrew on famicom like in japan i would say not quite not really as much as the western market now nah. yes yeah, so I, I was curious about that um this as far as like a inspiration like i played um I've, I've been i've been playing it off and on uh since it since it came out and uh i was feeling a lot of influence from uh mega man and definitely um metroid as well in there with the uh well you know metroidvania style yeah and, and uh coming in at the beginning on the ship too ah yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so the uh, main inspiration was actually a game called i want to be the guy which i think was around 2006 2007 and um the character sprite is also kind of based on that sprite um, and I want to be the guy is like a single screen where you have to figure out how to get to the other end of the screen. And I liked that concept of the game, but the concept I didn't like was the uh, trolley nature where 
you might just be walking and all of a sudden like a spike might move sideways out of nowhere and kill you or you know <laughs> random part of the background would just drop down and kill you things like that so i wanted to do keep it like you know you have to get through the screen where it's tough but fair you know if anything's going to get you it's, you're going to be able to see it coming and um as far as inspirations uh you mentioned metroid like with the ship for sure like the metroidvania style um Mega Man for sure with the shots and everything. Also a little bit of maybe Castlevania, things like the double jump were in there. And it's not really directly related, but in the original game you could drown. So you could kind of say like maybe a tiny, tiny bit of Sonic in that regard. <laughs> but I took that, I took that out of the upgrade. <laughs> I, I watched a, a, a like a, a speed run of it and it must've been an older version. Cause yeah, it had the, um, the breathe underwater uh, ability that, that you got. Yeah, because I I could only get I could only again. get so far unfortunately, but I did try to I did try to get as far as, as I as I could on it. But it gets it gets pretty tough toward you know, it it reminds me a lot of like the Mega Man two and three type of things, especially with like the the blocks that appear on the screen and different spots, and you have to kind of memorize them like that. That was definitely a lot of that, and and I thought it was really cool how you had actually created like uh, save rooms, you know, very much like like Metroid, you know, where you just kind of there's a little like star line on the ground, yep. and you just press up, and it gives you gives you your life back and gives you a passcode. Okay, so I was wondering what that line like, was in the video. Yeah, so that's pretty much uh, your checkpoint of sorts. So when you die, you, you come back to that. And there's and there's a bunch of different um, difficulty levels on the Switch version also, where like depending on. You know, like whether yeah. you have unlimited deaths or that sort of thing. Yeah, like that was a part of the, what the publisher in Japan wanted, um, and and I also thought it was a very good idea too to make it. You know, you know, like you don't just have one difficulty. Like you can, the player, you can, you know, pick your level. So if you want to start with very easy, then you might be able to beat the game. Like, okay, I can do this. Let's try easy next time. Let's try normal next time, and so forth for sure. Yeah, definitely. And there's a, you know, it's a. It, it, I felt like a little bit of obviously the Metroidvania where everything's kind of connected, but also you have the different bosses that kind of look like Mega Man bosses as well that you that you run into. Even though I don't think you actually get like uh, weapon upgrades per se, I think it's more like uh, like high jump and uh, and float and double jump and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, that helps you get yeah, through it. some basic items for sure. Yeah, like um, I don't know, maybe if I ever made a future game, I might think about doing like different uh, like maybe fire shot or ice shot, something like that, but. You know, that would be for the future. <laughs> sure. I think the first thing I noticed when I started playing it is there's a lot of like story to it, like right off the bat. Like there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a, the background and you can play in arcade mode also where you where you take that out if you want to do uh, speed runs or whatnot. But it's a lot mm -hmm. of uh, build up between like the students and the, and the school and all that stuff. And was there any sort of like anime influences that like brought that in there? Or did you just want to have more like backstory for before they came into it? Yeah, like um, I knew that I wanted to, when I did the remake, I wanted to maybe give the antagonists a little bit more of a presence because in the original game, you only see shadows and at the very end, you just see the one guy and then you punch him and that's the end of the game. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to give him a bit more of a role in the game. So I decided to make him be, you know, your formal friends turned bad guy sort of thing. And it looks and he gets framed, right? Because I think there was a shadow figure like that I saw at the very beginning. Yeah. Chester. Some, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, th I thought I thought the the cutscenes looked really good on this uh, on this version. Yeah, the um, artist who did the um, cutscene, he also did the Battle Kid Two art, and then I had him come back and help with the uh, cutscenes for this new version. Um, he also drew the uh, manual artwork. So if you have the Switch version, um, you can see the upgraded manual with all the new uh, illustrations of the enemies in there. It's a very talented guy. Nice. Are there any other? Um, I'm sure there's many, but uh, what what are some of the other improvements and stuff and differences from the 
the cartridge version to this current uh, Switch version that you have now? So yeah, the major ones are, we talked about like the, dif- the difficulty settings. Um, a lot of the rooms have been rebalanced, especially in the earlier part of the game. Because um, some of those early rooms, when I look back and I'm like, yeah, those were maybe just a little bit too much for like given where you are at that point in the game Um, some of the bosses have been also rebalanced like the third boss in the original game had six attacks whereas now she has three attacks but the fourth boss was like a very very kind of simple pattern boss but now it's a bit more random so just those kind of rebalances um some of the areas didn't have backgrounds now they have backgrounds um new music tracks yeah, those are the most major things that I can think of. Just the rebalancing. Were, were you involved with the music at all? I thought the music sounded great. Like I was really. Yeah, I did the music, of all you, of it. You did, awesome. Oh, the music's great. Awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, no, I was, I was really enjoying it. Yeah, thank you for saying so. <laughs> are you able? Are you able to buy it through like Bandcamp or anything like that? Is is it available out there for for um, people to purchase? I just have it on my YouTube channel if people want to listen to it. But uh, if there's interest for it, I could certainly look into putting something together for sure. Oh, okay. So free. I, I was because I always like to use uh, music from the game, like uh, interwoven within the episode and all that stuff. And uh, oh, yeah, please. I, did, please I, found, so. I found it out there available to download, but I wasn't sure if there was a specific something where we could, you know, send you money for it or anything like that. Yeah, just wanted to put it out ah, there for man. anybody. No, no, I, th- I thought it, I thought it was really good. It's you know for for the chip tunes and all that. Do you uh, are you involved in music other than uh, the game space? Like, have you? perform music otherwise or composed otherwise no um just music for my own games there was like a really long time ago i made some original songs like in midis if i don't know if you yeah. remember the old website vgmusic.com back okay. before we had high-speed internet you had midi tracks yep. so yeah. i used to post some stuff on there and some of the stuff i wrote back in 2002 like around that time i it actually made it into battle kid so that was actually fun oh, to cool. bring those old songs into an actual game <laughs> nice so I was just thinking with like the uh, advent of uh, a lot of people play like LSDJ and stuff. I don't know if you've heard of that, the like people using their Game Boy as a live instrument. And I didn't know if the music was similarly programmed in the NES or if there's a different uh, way of programming for that sound chip. So the way that music basically works is um, when I do it, it's a, kind of a two step process for Windows. There's a program called FamiTracker, which okay. um which is very convenient for, you know, like I want these notes here and then, you know, this much apart and then you can time the song that way. And then once I get something that sounds good in that, um, it then gets ported into a dedicated music engine for the game where okay. um, the music engine, there's like a format for the music. And then like, for instance, you might have, you know, note C for, you know, four frames and then you might have a tempo. So like the song plays, you know, so fast. and um, and then it just you know goes through that with a timer and um you know then you get this um music sound output that way it's it's yeah it's, it would be something better if i could actually show you the code and how it works it's just it's it fascinates me just because i think if anybody that's write music for a game i feel they could perform they could or maybe you know if nothing else have someone else play their music in a dj set or something along those lines a very 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 long time ago i used to play piano but i wasn't that great at it <laughs> Oh, all right. I, I would think you would need. I mean, I would think that you would need some sort of musical understanding still to make a eight bit music. Like I can't. Like I can't do it. You know. And I thought it sounded. Yeah. I mean, like I, like going um, back to VG Music. I used to make MIDI stuff for that site. Like um, I would replicate like Mega Man songs were most of the ones that I did. 
you can still find them on their their site by the way um but yeah that's how i pretty much learned how you know timing and tempo and all that stuff works with the music nice i mean you're making me think of like oc remix and all yeah. those kind and of the, sites the, back then yeah that was pre-oc remix right because like, oc remix i was on a lot like what in 2002 or something whenever that uh and you used to be able yeah, to, like, you would download like full uh, soundtracks and I would kind of like, you know, cut them up and make them into their own like albums or whatever, because they wouldn't have a... Yeah, I made a few of know, my own albums, yep. Yeah, yeah, that, that that sort of thing. But I never ever got into specifically making things for it. I went on there and I, I cut a, a concept album uh, that I, in my mind, it was to the story of The Wizard, the Fred, the Fred Savage movie and all that, just from OC Remix songs. That was a lot of fun, just digging into video game music video game music at that time because that time you were just finding out that other people actually liked video game music that the way that you did in secret in your your basement or whatever it was like an yeah. explosion of, of creativity and appreciation for music at that time yeah i remember the old internet <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it was yeah it was all more like forums than uh now everything's a forum kind of right <laughs> but not as but uh but not good I guess I, I had a little mini boombox thing that I would record uh, video game music off the TV with when I was a kid. That was the only way to to get it because it had a mic on it. So that's kind of that's how I did it. But yeah. So Jordan, you did the music. You did the design. I'm wondering, is this was this a one man show? No. So the parts that I exclusively did, or the soundtrack, the, I want to say most of the programming. The only third party stuff I would have got the music engine and uh, a few open source like mathematic routines for doing some things on the 65 with uh the levels uh the story although the story for the when the japanese version is kind of a two-man in that regard uh but and but the parts that i mainly got help with were the graphics like there are a lot of talented pixel artists who contributed to the game uh, as well as the um, artist i mentioned earlier for the cutscenes, as well as the manual so but yeah the programming and the level design and the music were my main things. How does all that come? How does all that come together? Like, can you talk a little bit about you know making a, a an NES game in this in this way with multiple people? I imagine you're not in one office. You're probably in your you know individual oh, yeah. homes or whatever. And you know, how, how does that all get coordinated? Yeah. So in general, um, like when I first started out, I just had you know very you know, temporary graphics, like, you know, just a very simple square for you know, like a block and then just make sure the game engine actually works. Then later on, when it came time to actually, you know, put real graphics, um, I talked on the forums. Um, at the time, there was a site called Nintendo Age. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Website. With it, yep. It's uh, now defunct, unfortunately. Hmm. And, uh, you know, people were chipping in for like helping with some enemy sprites and then um, as well as for background graphics. And so um, the main person that I worked with, um, I would say things like, uh, you know, okay, let's make an area that looks like this. So um, like the first area is like a rocky area. So, you know, let's have some rock tiles for the walls. And then, so you make a basic rock tile, you have some floor tiles, you have some ceiling tiles. And then um, once we got the basic tiles, then like, okay, great. So I have enough to work with at this time and then I can make enough rooms. Then maybe we get to the next area. So like, okay. Now we have, you know, the inside of the fortress. Let's have maybe some brick tiles and things like that. So basically you just get some concepts and then, you know, if the concepts are good, great. We can use these. And if not, then, you know, just fix them up and then so forth. But in general, once I got it, like the basic tiles, um, you know, it was fine making the areas that way. Because even if anything had to be edited later, it's just a matter of replacing the 
images with you know the updated images and then you know it's the same graphics so everything's going to be updated at that point so that's yeah the basic process just you know i would like these graphics for this area and then go from there are, are you planning on giving uh, bringing a uh, battle kid 2 to uh to modern consoles as that's well that's something i would like to do yeah so um i've talked um so once in a while i get on twitch to do uh live streams and uh, some people ask about uh, developments and whatnot and um, in the past few months, I've actually been making my own tools. Um, so to make an NES game, uh, the main things you need are, you know, a programming ID as well as an assembler, and then preferably something to help you with the graphics. And um, the uh, assembler that I used, um, it's probably like about 15, almost 20 years old at this point, which, and it, it does work, you know, I was able to produce a game with it, but it's, can be a little buggy in a few areas, and it doesn't actually have good bug reporting. So you might actually do something that looks legal to the assembler, but it's actually, you know, no, you can't actually do that. But um, I became aware of that early on, so I knew to avoid those things. But I thought, yeah, let's, let's try making an assembler myself. So I did. And um, it works. Um, it has more features than the original assembler did. And of course, it has the uh, bug reporting. But I'm still ironing out a few things with it. But I think it should be ready to go. and. If I do any develop, or sorry, when I do any development going forward, I'm definitely going to use my uh, own tools at that point. Yeah, I'm sure that'll definitely help uh, make it make it smoother. I mean, with you, yeah, make, making your own. Yeah, I learned a lot about uh, you know how do you actually make a programming language. That's not a, not an easy task. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wouldn't think so. It must be it must be uh, interesting or challenging to develop tools for a system that is at this point about 40 years old, and yeah. you think like maybe. Maybe all the juice has been squeezed out of this the system and the processes that you know maybe maybe it's already been optimized, but you're still finding ways to optimize and make better tools for this the system. Yeah, just the development process, try to make it uh, smoother because I, I can't imagine what those what people would have had to use back then. like you know they, we, they didn't have these big monitors. I'm sure it was something like maybe you know like 80 columns by like 80 columns on a with maybe one color because <laughs> are any of you guys programmers by the way? Or developers? No, no. We we we, we what was admirers. it? We bought the NES Maker uh, thing, but mm. uh, haven't really fully de- haven't dived into it. it yeah. But but no, yeah, not necessarily. Aside was from it? like making levels and like Mario Maker and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, just having like, colors, to, you know, is our a big help. <laughs> I was trying to learn a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Ardu Boy. It's just like Arduino based gaming little micro gaming console i was kind of learning some python on that uh but i never successfully got my breakout clone to work so i was close yeah i've, I've heard of it um yeah but i've never done anything with it yeah python though python's definitely a good uh language um it's definitely uh more i don't want to say beginner friendly but it's definitely uh, more accessible i think mm-hmm. and the, but the tools by the way that i'm making are written in python mm-hmm. okay would you would you make that program available to people then? Like, would you whenever? You oh yeah, get it done? yeah, yeah. That's the plan. Um, I do have a GitHub. Um, I don't really post a lot on there, but uh, that's definitely something I would post on there. If people want to look at it, and I'm sure, given that it's my first thing I've ever written in Python, I'm sure people might say like, "Hey, you could do this a lot better," which I hope people will do. <laughs> I think you can just ask Chat GPT now. You don't need to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Let's see. Uh, that's. A lot of caveats with that because uh, I know, I know. <laughs> you can ask it, you can ask it something. It'll give you something, and it may work, and it very well may not work. So probably won't. It's best, yeah. It's best not to. 
I mess with that stuff. <laughs> what what is like some of your favorite parts like from this game? Like what are like what are some of your favorite bosses that you enjoyed the most making? Like uh, from this one, favorite bosses. Huh? Even though the game has a lot of the larger scale bosses, I actually tend to like the sprite based bosses more because uh, they do a lot more than just kind of stand still and shoot at you. So I like uh, the Color Mancer boss name is Cleo. The Time uh, Mage boss is Zed. And then in the new version, you also have the fight with uh, Chester, your uh, rival. So I like those bosses a bit more than the bigger bosses, I think. Nice. Now, that I mean, that was some of the first things that intrigued me when I saw it was the was like just the way some of the bosses look, the big ones and the and the smaller ones. And just and also like the, of course, the Metroidvania stuff. I just wanted to, you know, it always piques my eye on that. I was like, yeah check that out plus they've uh, 8-bit legit as they've uh, they've produced a lot of great stuff and got a lot of cool people on here to talk to us about their about what they're doing so and and you know right retrotainment i think the same guy is involved with both so yeah always, mm. always send us uh, quality quality things to look at yeah yeah they've been great it's interesting to have a company that uh you know apparently is working by the edict of, of it has to be able to run on an original nes you know we've, we've seen a lot of uh, uh games in the style of NES and, and older systems, but you look at it and you go, yeah, that really couldn't happen back in the day. And although it's cool stylistically, part of me has mm-hmm. always said, like, you know, I want to see somebody like do this on the actual system and put themselves in, in those restrictions. And I think that that's just cool that, uh, you know, they're a company that's, that's working by, by those restrictions and finding games like your, like yours and uh, bringing them to modern consoles. Yeah, it, it will teach you to be efficient <laughs> as a developer. <laughs> From a lot of people that we've talked to, it's like a lot of it is like, oh, right, well, there isn't, there wasn't this front NES, or like somebody hadn't done something like as big as this, like that sort of thing. Was there any sort of stuff you were going for, like with, with uh, Battle Kid that you just hadn't seen on the original NES, or just trying to like, you know, make make it bigger, make it look better, you know, something that's, that that you wouldn't have seen from like the regular run of games? Hmm. Yeah, um, uh, let's, let's take a moment to think here. So, um, yeah, pretty much up until that point, like I, I knew that I always wanted to make some kind of a platformer game. Um, I just didn't really know what it was going to be. But um, the concept of I want to be the guy, which I mentioned earlier, is um, it's one that, a concept that I like, just, you know, needed to be modified. So you know, I wanted to bring like that kind of game, you know, tough but fair, and then my own spin on it. And then just pretty much take, you know, elements that I like, you know, create the world that I want to create. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much uh, pretty much the process that I was going for. And then, of course, you know, during the process, maybe I had ideas, but realizing some of the ideas was not really feasible. Like maybe like on or like, for instance, um, I might make a boss and then maybe the boss original concept was just way too complicated. So I had to rework some of the things. But, uh, you know, it was a great learning process, you know, just how to make a game, how to do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> was, was was there anything that, like, you wanted to do in one that you can do that, like, ended up being in two later? Like, when you had more experience with programming? I wanted to do that was in two. Um, there were, like, maybe a few enemy concepts that didn't make it into the first game, but they did make it in the second game. Uh, one that I can remember is, um, like, in the second game, there's this enemies called... Uh, spirit conjurers which are kind of like a skeleton guy and like there was just no really nowhere to really put those kind of guys in the original game but the second game has an area called the haunted shrine so that was perfect for that area 
um, like I had the concept or I didn't know what the guy was going to do. I just had like a little sprite of the guy. Like, okay, these guys will summon ghosts. <laughs> now, it- seeing as it sounds like you developed this game kind of just for fun initially, and then people came to you about publishing it. Were you ever was developing games like as a job? Was that ever what you wanted to do? Or was that just sort of something that fell in your lap with what you were already doing? Yeah. Um, cause I, Originally had the three games before Battlecube through the publisher mm-hmm. Retro USB, but I mean they sold a few copies. But okay. I figured, well, we'll just put it through here and see what happens. And the fact that it, uh, you know, it sold out on the very first day, which was like, oh my god, <laughs> that's amazing! Oh, congratulations! Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and then um, they did the second run, and then the same thing, like it sold out on the first day on the second run too. So um, that was just not so unexpected. And because of you know the uh, you know, attention and success, like, okay, I want to make Battle Kid 2. And then mm-hmm. since then, though, um, I kind of, I've kind of sat on the game since then, um, you know, just because I had my life here in Japan and I wanted to get some things ironed out. But um, the, when it came back to the Famicom and then, of course, now in the digital version, um, you know, I definitely do want to get it back into the development process. You know, I want to remake Battle Kid 2 and maybe do a new project. We'll see. Is I mean, is there story left for Battle Kid 3? If, uh, if if two make if two makes it out, of course, yeah. I mean, Battle Kid Two ends on a cliffhanger. Was, was that was that the final of the NES stuff that you had done, or was or was there other Civic games that came out past two? Um, after Battle Kid Two, I was approached to maybe help on another project, but um, I just didn't have the time to do much with it. Um, it was kind of like uh, what's it called, um, Sydney Hunter and the Mayans Revenge. Which is um, which it eventually did come out, but another developer worked on it. Um, I just didn't have the time, and uh, that was going to be a game where you play a guy in like the ruins of South America. Um, you had things like ladders and pipes you could grab and fall down, and then also had fall damage. Um, but yeah, after that, um, I just pretty much sat uh, dormant here, just focused on my uh, you know job here in Japan. Okay, yeah. So I guess I was. Maybe I was under the impression you were working for a developer specifically right now, but you're just kind of you're kind of just looking for distributors when you make a game, right? Yeah, yeah. This is more. This okay. is pretty much my side hustle, you could say. Labor yeah, no, I work full time here in Japan as a web developer okay. for a company. I mean, does a... I, I wouldn't be able to live here if I was doing, you know, yeah, just game development for America. <laughs> I would have a work visa. <laughs> but. But I would think that I mean I would think that the games still get a pretty decent. Um, I mean, do they still do pretty well on on the eShop or like on you know on, on the digital modern consoles? I think there's. I would think on the Switch, there's a lot of people who are looking are still looking for that classic NES feel, and especially something like John was saying that's actually you know that actually was on an NES that could be played on the original NES, instead of just you know being inspired by it. It was a real actual cartridge. Yeah, there's still a demand, so you know we try to satisfy the demand. Um, they of course do best, you know, on it, on the initial release, and then kind of kind of go down over time, which you know that's just natural. Yeah, it's kind of hard. I mean, what's hard with like so much stuff that's released on the eShop every week that it's I could imagine yeah. it's like you know it's just yeah it's it's kind of I still it, don't it, feel it's very well organized as a, an interface either. Oh no, not at all, <laughs> and it's uh, yeah, and it operates terribly. Unless, at least it lets you search for game titles, which I think you couldn't do on some previous versions. But <laughs> the Switch will actually let you put in the game title in a search field that'll pull it up. Yeah. 
It should at least, at least let you like uh, rate things or whatever. I don't know. They used to be able to do that on the 3DS one, the Wii U one. Hmm. But my you know, game came what? out a week after the new Zelda. <laughs> I know. I was. Oh, I didn't yeah. want to. I didn't want to like totally. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to like add, add salt to the wound. But I was also kind of. It was like, well, you know, it was like it was kind of on the week of one of the one of the biggest releases. But it, I mean, I'm sure you know. In gaming, not just for the Switch. I mean, in vocals, yeah. space. So I hope that uh, I hope that people have, don't like overlook it because of that because it's a completely different game and it's a much you know I think it's a very unique thing to have to have on the Switch and everybody should check it out and it's on there it's only yeah. for, it's only for nine ninety nine so it's uh, it's one seventh of the price of the of the, of the Zelda game you know? <laughs> it's much it's not seventy bucks or whatever you know so it's much cheaper uh, for anybody who's like just coming into the game uh, is there any sort of uh, pointers or tips that you have for them like to help them get through or like good i don't know good starter strategy or whatever um definitely start on normal difficulty don't go for the hard even though that's the recommended difficulty like it's the true way to enjoy it <laughs> do it on normal and if you can't if you're still finding trouble on normal just you know there's no shame in going to easy you know get yourself acclimated to the game before you know you try the harder difficulties so that's the developer someone... themselves saying that so nobody makes fun <laughs> yeah. of me when i play this one easy <laughs> but the hard way is the true ending <laughs> I yeah. saw a video t- today of somebody blazing through it on a speed run, and it just looked to me like it was, at least to, from my perspective, it looked like it was designed with speed running in mind. The way that this guy was flying through it, uh, like, did you have that? I mean, speed running at that time, uh, you know, two thousand eight or so, maybe it was sort of in its infancy. The idea, did you have that in mind though when you made the game, like catering to the speed running community? Not directly in mind. Uh, some things just are coincidences with how the, the rooms lay out and how like um, like enemies that might shoot at you are in a certain time interval, and it's just kind of a coincidence that if you like, some if you as long as you're holding right, the shot will just barely miss you. Mm. So, it, but it's just the way it worked out. I didn't actually plan for that. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, um, when I was playing on normal a few months ago, with the hit, like I actually have the hit points. Like, yeah, let's just run through this room and like. Oh, you actually can run through this room without damage. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like, watch. I'm sure you've seen people speed run. And has there been like moments where you're like, oh, I didn't think of that, or or they never, or like maybe there was some stuff that you knew that they didn't figure out, like doing this, doing the speed runs. Hmm. Anything anyone found? Um, I'm sure I've seen things. Um, I can't think of any specific examples right now. Yeah. Like, um, I have seen like play players maybe go places like that i didn't anticipate them to go but they soon realized that they can't go that way so i don't know maybe that's also good as a developer it's like okay maybe in the future you know make it more obvious you know don't go this way or something like that things like that yeah definitely i'm wondering um you know we spoke about sort of sort of the uh, the game development community online the uh, the nes development community online how you all came together from your different corners I'm wondering specifically in Japan, is there anything that you do to like meet up with people, uh, you know, get a, get a coffee and share ideas and what's the community like over in Japan? Mm, I don't really know any game developers over here per se. Um, Like um, over in the town that I live in, um, there actually, this is like a gaming bar though. Mm -hmm. Um, The name of it is critical hits. Is, I thought it was kind of a cute name. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. That's a cool. sword for the icon. And um, so, yeah, there are places like that, like, uh, you know, gaming bars. Um, so it's just a matter of searching for that in your area. Um, 
but yeah, you can meet people that way for sure. Um, not necessarily developers, just people interested in the games. Um, I guess there are is the meetup websites, although um, I've seen like a couple like conferences, but that's more of like, you know, if you want to learn general programming or things like that. Right. And it's also tends to be more for just Japanese people. So if someone's actually going to know English over there, it's probably going to be a big coincidence. So there are those kind of things. Um, a long time ago, I used to organize like a language exchange meetup, which was a lot of fun. But um, then COVID, of course, came and then I had to stop and then I haven't done it since. So yeah, there are those kind of resources, you know, the meetup site, the gaming bars. I mean, do, do you ever like, I mean, well, probably not after COVID, but have you ever like made the trip to like some of the more like indie gaming conventions like in the States here, like to, to, no. to do anything with the game? No, the last uh, convention I ever went to in the U.S. was in 2014, which was the uh, Screw Attack convention. Oh, um, yeah. Because, yeah, just, you know, if I'm going to go back to the U.S. from here, um, I'm going to, of course, want to go to my hometown primarily. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, to go to a convention, that's going to be more travel on top of the travel to the hometown, which, I mean, I could do it, but it just is going to be more expensive. So, yeah. And um, but I going back a couple of years, um, I used to like uh, the Ma- the MAGFest convention. That convention just got so huge mm-hmm. after in the while. That it's hard to even get into panels anymore. I know there's like, a, I mean, there's a little bit more of like an indie community in Japan now, right? Like, don't they have what is it? Is it Bit Summit that's in that's in Japan that has the more uh, indie stuff? Or am I misremembering that? I thought they had. I thought they had a convention, a newer one. Well, maybe this is pre-COVID, right. but I was gonna say. Uh, have you, have okay, you... yeah, it's a convention for independent developers in Kyoto. I'm just looking at it right now. Oh. Um, Established in 2012. Um, I've not been to it, but uh, let's see if they have anything coming up. Uh, looks like they might have something in July, actually. Hmm. I mean, would you would you be interested in, in uh, going out there and representing Battle Kid? I don't know. I don't know how hard it is I, to get a panel and all that stuff. I'm sure it's a yeah. Like at this point, it's probably that, it would yeah. be too late. But uh, uh, I don't know. It, it, yeah, if it, there's you know an opportunity, certainly you know if I could have a either like a table or something to showcase yeah. the game. Why not? It's not too late to crash somebody else's panel and start shouting about Battle Kid. I say, just, <laughs> just, just bring a bag of uh, a Famicom uh, cartridges and just like walk around and be like, hey, uh, I made this. I'm going to buy it. Put it on the inside <laughs> of a big like jacket and be like, hey, check these out. <laughs> I mean, I think I would uh, think it would definitely fit. I could rotate the there. camera a little bit. I don't know if it's a- one piece that little it's kind of hard to see in the background but there's there's a poster in the background that's actually the sales poster oh okay. yeah yeah the one yeah. the one in the in the middle there yeah 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 like you surrounded by pearl and all my junk around it <laughs> was the uh was like the design of the battle kid was that uh inspired at all by uh green lantern like it's like that was the first thing i thought when i saw the picture like a, i know he has no. like a green suit but like sort of i don't know shooting the Shooting the beam out of his finger kind of made me think of... Uh... No, um, the sprite was um, inspired from the I Want to Be the Guy sprite, and mm-hmm. we just decided to make it like some kind of a combat suit. So he's got, you know, the green upper part and then the pale green gloves and then the green boots. So the main reason I went with green is because it's my favorite color. Me too. Nice. Good color. Nice. I don't care for green. I think it's the word. I'm just kidding. It's fine. <laughs> how, how, dare, how dare you? <laughs> Green is wonderful. Yeah. It's great. It's a great color. Yeah, and plus uh, we got the green cartridge too. Oh, nice, nice, nice. And it's a uh, from what I heard. Uh, I think it was in the I think it was in the press kit. But the uh, it, it works with the NES controllers also. The Switch Online, uh, the specific. Um, 
oh, yeah, yeah, Nintendo made NES controllers that it's compatible with I that. I would imagine so. Um, I cannot personally confirm that because I yeah. don't. It's kind of a funny story because uh, it's in America and Europe. It is not in Japan. So technically, I am region locked out of my game. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's yeah. right. You'll have to you'll have to start an American account well account on your Switch and and you know yeah, you yeah. like that's that's what we do a lot to get a uh, Japanese demos and stuff is because you can play mm-hmm. it all still you just have to just start a different Nintendo profile and you can get yeah deals and stuff but um I understand though it has a um, like a control settings so if you know your controller like the buttons feel weird for whatever reason you can remap them and it should be yeah fine. that's true. And it is like it, it does have the it's the BA like when you're playing it regular it's like A to jump and B to B to shoot so yeah and kind of a lot of people like um where they have like the controllers with the buttons kind of shaped like a plus sign mm-hmm. um instead of like these buttons they would have you know um, B for jump and then Y to shoot mm-hmm. so but again you can remap it however you want mm-hmm. I didn't realize you could switch them around I was just playing yeah the the regular BA but it, yeah it felt very much like NES style jumping. Mm-hmm. So say someone wants to jump into uh, NES development today, what's the best way to get into it? Oh, wow. Um, well, you guys mentioned Nest Maker. So um, that's a good tool Like if you want to kind of see what you can do. And then but the only thing is you're going to be limited to someone's, you know, engine. So like you can only do what Nest Maker does. If you want to, you know, branch out and start doing what you want to do, like things that Nest Maker might not have, then you're going to have to start learning assembly code. Um, so when I was into it, um, I of course already had some programming experience, but, um, there are these, uh, tutorials, which are called nerdy nights and, uh, they'll, you know, showcase how, how to do things like, you know, how to reset the system properly, how to, uh, draw to the background, how to, you know, um, you know, draw graphics to the background, things like that. Other than, th- um, how to do input, you know, how to do the, read the controller. And so it'll get... That'll at the very least get you off the ground. Um, but you know, just to, if you're going to make a game of some kind, start small. Definitely start small. Don't try to make like a platformer as your first game because more likely than not, you will fail. <laughs> like the very first thing I even made for the NES, it wasn't even a game. It was just like let's draw four squares to the screen. Each one is colored differently, and then let's you know use the up and down button. So those will change the color of the squares. And then, um, so that little program, though, had all that you need for a game. Like, you know, you have inputs, you have graphics, you have colors. And mm-hmm. technically, there were sprites, although they weren't really obvious. So, you know, just learn how to do that and manipulate the things and then build on that. That's my advice. Is the NES even a good place to start? Or is there you know, a more rudimentary way that might be more ideal to start? Um, say it's a Flash game. Yeah, or, or, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, there are tools out there like uh, Game Maker, I know. Um, yeah. If you just want to, you know, see, like, what is, you know, what is it like to make a game, you know, that's also possible. But when, once you get, you know, once you decide, like, this is for me, then you're definitely going to want to learn how to do some things on your own, for sure, I think. Because, like, even, um, for instance, Mario Maker for the Switch, like, I'm doing things like, man, you know, I wish it had this feature. I wish it had that feature. But, you know, I'm bound to these tools, so I can only use the features it has. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm a Mario Maker fan. I have over a 1,000 hours on that one. Yeah, John's nice, like nice. this one of the biggest Mario Maker 2 players <laughs> that we know. Yeah, um, is yeah the... I made four levels for Mario Maker 2, but uh, I haven't done much since then. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've, I've found that, like, 
I get scared of making the levels because I, I know I'm going to spend 40, 50 hours, you know, just making the level. And uh, so I, I do it more on the playing end. I've, I've only made three or four myself. Mm-hmm. I made a lot more for, for the first reason. one than the second one. I think I only made like two Same. for the second one. Is there, um, I mean, it's, is there somewhere that we can uh, tell everybody to find you, like on, on Twitter, or on YouTube, or where? Yeah, so I, um, in this day and age, I mainly just use YouTube, and I do get on Twitch every now and then. So YouTube is uh, youtube.com slash civacd. That's what I came up with way back in like the early 2000s. And Twitch is, um, I believe it's still Civac Games, right? Yeah, yeah, Civac Games. Is there any sort of a story behind the name Civic? Sure. That uh, comes from Dungeons and Dragons, from the Dragonlance campaign setting. There are these uh, monsters, which are called Draconians. There are five types of them, and um, I like the Civac Draconians. They're the, you know, strong warriors who can fly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what I came up with way back in high school, (laughs) and I stuck with it. Nice. I don't think we ever said, uh, where are all the platforms where people can buy a battle kit? Oh, sure. So there's right now Xbox, itch.io, and Nintendo Switch. And the next plan, the tentative plan, is to do uh, PlayStation. And then hopefully after that, Steam. Nice. And um, 8-Bit Legit is the publisher. They do um, some posts on Facebook um, as well as um, Twitter. Yeah, they've been they've been publishing a lot of a lot of really cool homebrew, homebrew NES stuff on, on Switch for yeah. sure. So you can you know check check out Battle Kid, and then you can find some other stuff on there as well. Uh, with with the with the D and D influence, have you ever thought about uh, doing an RPG game? I'm sure I'm sure you have, like a NES one. Oh man, yeah. But um, the thing with that is that kind that kind of scope and scale of game is just so much better. Like, well, if you want to make a good RPG, I should say, like. Um, you know, when you think about Battle Kid, that's a game, you know, a player can maybe finish in about an hour if, you know, they know what to do. Whereas an RPG, you tend to want, at the very least, maybe 15 to 20 hours. And in this day and age, probably you want even longer. So just making that much content and the amount of time that would go into making that much content, it would be a huge, huge dedication for sure. So um, I don't know, maybe if I could work with someone, I might. But uh, as an independent project, though, Probably not. Yeah, it it would be hard to do, especially depending oh, smart, on yeah. how many uh, worlds you need to go to, or you know, like battle systems or upgrades or whatever. Lots of yeah. text. Lots of text. And yeah. not only that, like <laughs> the vast amount of testing you would have to do. Like mm-hmm. you might decide, like, oh, okay, you know, in the earlier part of the game, maybe I want to rework the dungeon to be like this. Well, does that break anything in the later part of the game? Or you know, vice versa. You know, like later in the game, like we're going to rework this. So you know, the we're just getting scope, this at this. You know, exponential. The problems and the testing, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Like a platformer game, pretty much, once you have the engine and it seems to work, you know, you're not going to change it. I mean, unless you want to add, like, you know, new types of blocks later down the line or something. But with an RPG, there's so much you could potentially add, which could break something retroactively that you didn't anticipate. Well, did uh, did either of you have any more questions that you wanted to, did you want to ask Jordan? Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there anything else you want to tell the listeners before, uh, before we wrap it up here, Jordan? Yeah, just... Uh, I just want to say thanks to anyone who's supported the project over the years um, and, you know, old and new players. And uh, I look forward to uh, hopefully bringing you Battlekit 2 in the near future to uh, digital platforms. So thank you very much. And uh, hopefully I'll see you 
around on Twitch sometime. Nice. And yeah, and thank you so much for uh, for joining us yeah. uh, like early early in uh, Japan and I'm glad we were able to make it work right. out. Um yeah, no. Oh no, absolutely. Definitely. I I recommend the game to anybody. Like I said, if you want to if you want like a, you know, a, a a like real NES game, you know, difficult but rewarding uh Metroidvania style game, you know, check it out on the Switch. That's about Battle Kid. And uh, and I I'm, I'm excited to play Battle Kid too whenever that one's come comes around, so yeah, and I'm planning to uh, live stream like development of that. So like if you want to oh, no, see cool. some of the little bits of programming or because right now I'm actually working on a level editor, um, not for Battle Kid 2, but actually for TMNT 1. Oh, OK. For the, oh, you know, really? Because <laughs> nice. like really I was nice. uh, doing You're a disassembly out on of that. So, yeah, yeah. So wait, I was doing a wait. disassembly. You won't you won't do an RPG, but you're trying to to, to fix TMNT one. That's a Hercules not necessarily fixed. I'm just curious how the game worked. So gotcha. Okay, uh, sure. And um, this is also you know again kind of going back to the tough topic. You know, make something you know basic. So like I already TMNT one has already figured out how it's going to work. So let's try to make a little level editor, and then once I get enough knowledge of that, then I can use that those same concepts to make a better level editor for Battle Kid two. Oh, nice. In theory, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take uh, yeah. Take something as difficult as TMNT and try to learn from there. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. All right, cool. Well, uh, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, like I said, everybody listening, check out Battle Kid. Yeah, thank you, and uh, follow yeah, follow the advice that we've been given on how to learn to program. I think you gave some really good advice on people that might be interested in that sort of thing. And above all, don't give up on the programming. Try, try, try. Yeah. Uh oh, stay hard to do. Well, it's yeah. I mean, you know, it's a it's a labor of love, right? You gotta you gotta really want it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. Thank you so much, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Appreciate you. Have yourselves a good day, and thank you very much for having me today. You too. No problem. All right. Bye. Bye. Cool. All right. We could take a let's take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about. Yeah, we'll be right back. We're gonna take a break. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! <laughs> With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo may never made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Domain. 
Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and hey, Mario, let go. He's throwing us back to the show. So long, gay Bowser. Ah! Ah! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Game over. talk about games we got and games that we've been playing i think i'm the only one that's that has stuff other than uh other than zelda but you know they they really like uh they really uh, dumped the uh the pixel shooters onto switch like in a week so you know i, I don't or boomer i don't like calling them boomer shooters because i'm not i'm not a boomer so Okay, Boomer. It doesn't uh, make sense to me, and I don't think Boomers actually play those games, but whatever. But there were there were two games that... I mean, the main one was uh, Warhammer 40,000 40, Bolt Gun was one that I've heard... Uh, I'd heard talk about for a long time. And I don't, I don't really know that much about Warhammer, really. There was, like, one Warhammer game that I played a little bit on PlayStation 3 because it was on uh, PlayStation Plus. But isn't that like a... Uh, it's like a tabletop game, isn't it? Yeah, there's like it's there's like miniatures, but there's a there's a million video games like involved around it too, and it's like its own world and blah blah blah. It's it's almost kind of like a D and D type of thing that has the all figures this lore are cool. They have shit. little yeah. uh, the figures have little like stats on them, like that you can change and stuff to keep track. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I've never really I've never really dealt with it that much. I've just heard talk of it, and I, there was they're like little wheels that spin on the bottom that keep track of stats. I think. Okay, there was like one. Yeah, there was one PS3 game that I played. It was. Uh, Space Marine Warhammer 4 Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine because it was free on PlayStation Plus and it was just kind of like a third person shooter thing that I fucked around with. But yeah, they made they made this uh this like old school pixel shooter game and I was super excited about it and it's you know it's kind of in the same uh realm of like Proteus where it's like uh where they're like um they're like pixels but they also have polygons under them so they have this like so they kind of have this like uh 3D-ness to them. I actually thought everything kind of looked like claymation when I first saw uh videos of it and that's kind of how it looks like the little characters sort of look like it, it reminds me there's there's like this one game in WarioWare where you like smash the guys that come out of the come out of the trees you know it's like a whack-a-mole and they look like they're made out of clay that kind of reminds me of that style oh yes the way it looks but it's uh I, I i bought it you know i got i ended up i got some uh it was my birthday last week so i got i got some uh a little bit of extra e-shop money from jess from jess's brother thanks thanks tim if you're listening so I so I used it to pick up uh, the bolt bolt gun, which I was planning on getting anyway. And I watched I watched a review of it, and uh, I think it was after I already downloaded it. But there was a uh, there was a lot of audio stuff missing from the game, and I was playing it last night, and it seemed really silent, like there was like no music. And when you get this um, when you get this plasma rifle later in the game, the plasma rifle has no audio at all. It just uh, it just shoots, 
and it's just silent. It's just completely silent. And I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? Have you ever heard? Do you have a silencer installed? Oh, yeah, no, it's 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 a it. They fucked up, but uh, but they just they just released a patch today actually that fixed all that because I was just playing it earlier and the, the plasma gun has like a wow. great, has a great sound now. Uh, the music is back. Like the music was kind of in and out, and it does and it does change like depending on whether you're there's people around you or not. It can be a little quiet without, but I think I think the best way to describe the game is it's kind of like a pixely version of like Doom 2016. Kind of, it's, it sort of has that same sort of vibe. There's a button you can push where you have a chainsaw sword, where you kind of like rush up to the guy and like cut through him with the chainsaw sword, and it's kind of like the same way you would do those like crazy kills and Doom in the in the Doom 2016 game, that sort of thing. And you get like a you get like morale and health from doing that, and and there's like you know there's there's ammo everywhere. It's very much you know wants you to just you know shoot as much as you can. And I yeah, and I've unlocked three different weapons so far, but it's great and it's super bloody too. Like it just blood explodes everywhere on the walls like it gets stuck to the walls and the floor and all that shit and it's great it's if you like uh, if you like those type of games it's uh definitely worth it so i've been i've been really enjoying that and i'm glad they i'm glad they put out that patch to to fix it because it, yeah it had it kind of had a weird uh had weird audio stuff to it but i'm surprised that it got patched so quick because i remember hearing like a lot of indie developers saying it was hard to get patches approved by Nintendo because you have to have it approved just like your software originally. Yeah, I was surprised too because I just I would just watched like a switch up review of it, you know, because they're the ones who always do like obscure like first person shooter stuff. And they talked about how it felt like kind of incomplete because of the audio missteps and, and they said they had it they actually had to review it on a Steam Deck because they didn't get their code until way later, like till like the day. So I guess they were kind of like dragging their feet on getting the switch code out to people. But yeah, it's uh they fixed it. So, so maybe they found <laughs> it in game testing, but it was already too late. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised. That, like, when I turned on my Switch today, it said, hey, uh, Bolt Gun was updated. So I'm like, oh, fuck, I guess I should try it out. And then, it, yeah, they seem to seem to have fixed it. Now Plasma fixed, sounds like something. Fixed a lot of the uh, audio issues. So, And I felt, and there was kind of like, I feel like it runs a little smoother, too, now. So I don't know. But it's, yeah, if you like, like I said, if you like those games, it's fun. I've been having a great time with it. And I also discovered this uh, this hidden gem on on the eShop, which I had not heard of from anywhere, uh, called Chasm: The Rift. And it's a I guess it's it's an early I guess it's an early to mid nineties uh, Quake style first person shooter. I, from what I heard, it was developed in Ukraine even, which is which is crazy. But it's um I think it's uh, it's like twenty bucks. It was on sale for fifteen, you know. So I so I so I picked it up and. Uh, it's really cool. Like it, it feels like a lot like Quake. Like the way that like the characters look like Quake, but what what I noticed in this one that maybe you, I don't I don't think you could do it in Quake, but you can you can like specifically target like limbs of the people. Like if they're like coming at you with a gun, you can shoot like their arm off that's carrying the gun, and then you can shoot their other that's arm awesome. off. Or if they're floating through the sky, you can fire you can shoot their legs off. Like I was like. And you can, you know, blow their heads off and that sort of thing. And you can specifically target limbs. I'm like, wow, this is this is pretty weird. Yeah, it, it it's it kind of looks like Quake as in the way the way the animation is, but it's like in in of like in like a military complex. So it's not really you're not like fighting demons and stuff. Even though I did get a point where, to a point where I was fighting this crazy monster, but it's I don't know. I think it's 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 great. It's like this just this hidden gem that I just found out out of nowhere. This old '90s uh, PC shooter that just is. And it has like motion control and, and all that. Like the bolt gun doesn't have motion control, but this one also has like um, you press left on the on the control pad and you can like quick save, and you press right, you can, right, you can quick load, so you can easily like a uh, quick save and quick load, which kind of sucks uh, jumping between the two games because on uh, on bolt gun that's how you change your weapons. So if you don't remember 
that that's that the weapons are different. You can act you can accidentally like quick load something like way before what you've already done. But I've tried to like just quick save as much as I can, you know, that sort of thing. So when I accidentally quick load, it won't be that far behind. But I'm at like level four now, and I just I finally ran into a crazy boss that is just destroying me. And I we'll see how long I last after that. I don't know. It's been uh, I've died many many times, but it was I was having fun with it. You know, there's all these. Like I said, it, it may kind of look like Quake, but it doesn't play like Quake. And it has these extra weird weapons that Quake doesn't have. Like, you get these, like, saw blades that you can throw at people, you know, to cut their cut their heads off or whatever. I thought that was interesting. Um, there's a... I, I, just, I, just got the, I just got the grenade launcher, but the saw blades was... was it's a little bit like uh, Half-Life 2 has saw blades you can shoot at enemies. It's pretty fun. Okay. I think this I think this was pre-Half-Life, though. Oh, I'm sure it was. I, th- I thought I had read... before Half-Life 2, because... I thought I had read, Half-Life like, 90, 92 on it, on the, on the eShop, oh, wow. but... But that seems doesn't, so seem, it, doesn't that seem like polygonal? too early. It it is it is polygonal, yeah. It, like I said, it looks like Quake, but it's not like it's not like in a demon world. It's like it's it's like a military complex, and you actually go on missions. And there's every level starts off with these two guys like just basically telling you what to do. It's kind of funny because there's these two like people just talking to you, like you know, completely voiced, being like, "All right, you're going to do this, and you're going to go there," and it just kind of goes back and forth between them. And then they drop you into the area. And there's sort of a mission that you have to do, but it doesn't really have like objectives or, or whatever. But you know, can you jump? Yeah, yeah, you can jump. You can jump, and you can aim, and you can aim all directions. You know, and like I said, it uses the it uses gyro also, so you can so you can move the controller around and kind of balance it in that way. But it's cool. I just uh, I saw it, and you know, you know, uh, sometimes these uh, pixel shooters, you know, I've gotten I've gotten plenty of ones that are total dog shit. But uh, I, this one, I just all I really needed to do is I just watched a video of it on YouTube, and I was like, oh, okay, no, that looks that looks legit. Just to see it moving around. Was it around on sale and, or something? Yeah, it was on sale. It was uh it was it was it was twenty bucks regular, and it was on sale for fifteen, I think. And okay. I use I use some gold points for it, so I ended up buying two pixel shooters. But uh, yeah, the, it's been fun to jump to jump between both of them because I you know I like those games when they're actually good. But yeah, Chasm, the, it's called Chasm the Rift. This is what it's called. And, uh, sounds redundant actually <laughs> yeah it's it's probably it might be it might be like a translation sort of thing i don't know but i actually uh you know it's i finally i i felt like i maybe i needed Hit the hole no it's it's a it, it says having roots in 1997 and developed in ukraine so maybe it came out later but it says it was the most thrilling and innovative fps from this era i mean i thought it looked like a mid to mid to late 90s game but no, I, w- I was impressed by it and it's the only it's the only game the developer has on the eShop. so that's that but, but yeah, I finally finally took a break from uh, Tears of the Kingdom to play some How? to shoot some because uh, it's easy, man. I'm uh, <laughs> I, I have, I'm actually going to be taking two days off from it, so there you go, maybe three. Uh, I mean, I actually, you know, as much as I love Tears of the Kingdom, I was kind of getting a little fatigue from it, where I kind of felt like I needed a needed a break. So, Pixel Shooters was perfect; it was the perfect thing that I needed just to run around and just blow people up. Shooting shooting arms off and exploding heads is fun for me. And they're both and they're yeah. both great games. So it was a it was a good like one two package. And of course I you know I, I played the battle kit as well for the interview that we did earlier. But we um I guess we can go into our Tears of the Kingdom stuff. It's been out for like two weeks now. Uh, now we can finally see our uh hour levels. Um I'm at I'm at like eighty five hours now. I I kind of missed the it was my birthday weekend, so I kind of missed like the whole weekend of playing uh zelda but that's fine because we did much more fun things we went to go see cursive play 
to do the full album of Domestico, which is amazing. And even That's our awesome. and our guests from last week, uh, John Wedgworth, like fucking drove to Chicago to hang out for like one night for my birthday, which is pretty awesome. Like so, didn't make like a five hour trip. What a cool his, dude with his kid uh, with yeah, his kid with, with his kid with him too. Bit, yeah. So it was uh, so we get to hang out with both of them. We hung out on uh, Zoom for a little bit. Yeah. I was very, I was very drunk. I don't really remember most so of it, I. but you know. And I remember we stayed up to like. Do you remember me wearing a banana costume? I do remember <laughs> that. Yeah, I remember the banana costume, and I remember talking about Neil Hamburger for a while. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Because it, it all lines up. I think I talked about uh, how he was in Ant Man three or whatever. You did because he was in that movie. But yeah, it was it was pretty it was a pretty pretty fun birthday week weekend, and we went to we went to Logan Arcade, and you know we played some we played some games. Uh, I played uh, we played like three player med- Medieval Madness and. I didn't oh, get yeah. to play as much as I wanted, but they have a, they have new little nooks in there where you can play like a, let's play like the Mega Drive Mini and like the Super Nintendo Mini, and I think they have the, the PlayStation Mini also in there, and it's all like free to play. So we kept losing uh, John in there. We'll just go and play the Sega Mega Drive. For a while. <laughs> we played. Uh, what else did we play? Uh, we well, I played. Uh, was it me and Fidel and Conan? We played. We played Street Fighter for a while. Street Fighter Two. So that was fun. Because they have the little sit down, like the Japanese ones, where you where it's like this, the arcade smaller, and there's a seat there, and they're they're kind of like back to back, you know, so you can't really see the person that you're playing playing against. I mean, I knew Fidel was on the other side, but it's like, but he said he was just like sitting back there, just kind of playing, and then you you know it'll say like who's a new challenger, but you can't really see like who's you know who's who you're playing against because it's because it's on the other side of the arcade, so so that's kind of cool. And they had these like uh, they have these like showbiz. Uh, Whatever showbiz animals that sing uh, Foo Fighters, they're called the Fur Fighters. Oh, I wonder if it's the same ones they had set up that were the uh, yeah, the, the Misfits one. explosion. Yeah, yeah. They, or they actually like, re- repurposed Rock Fire Explosion, or they're just kind of no, no. Like, I mean, they they made them themselves, like the Logan Arcade did. But yeah, yeah I got we we drank we drank a lot and talked to a lot of people there. There's actually a, a person that I knew that was a regular at the Owl that I used to hang out with, uh, or well, he used to hang out with me when I worked there. Uh, he works at Logan now, so I could hang out with him for a while. And, but it was cool. A lot, a lot of people came out, so right. It was good. It was a good time, and all that. Wish I could have been there. It'll be, yeah. It would have been fun, but one of these times we'll go somewhere. We'll come there, <laughs> something. Hopefully, we'll make it, make it down there at some point. But uh, there, were, there were some things that I wanted to do on Tears of the Kingdom that I was trying to do uh, last week. I finally made it to the second row of hearts, so now I have nice. twenty-one hearts. Nice. There's, so there's 40 hearts in this game. Like that's the most hearts that any Zelda game has ever had. So. I was wondering what, if it was going to go to 40 or 50. Because I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was 30 because it was 30 on Tears. Uh, we said this last week, last week. It was 30 on Breath of the Wild, so I thought that was what it would be. So I got to 15, and it got to 16, it didn't roll over, and then I got to 17, it didn't roll over, and I got to 18. I'm like, all right, all right. So I kind of stopped doing the hearts for a while and added more to the. I'm almost at like three full circles for the stamina. Nice. And I was yeah. very close to. I wanted to get to hundred shrines before this episode, but when bolt cutter came out or when a bolt gun came out, I was just like, I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play this. Like, I'm just gonna not play Zelda tonight. So I didn't bother with the with getting the extra five shrines. So, but I'll I'll get there. I mean, I have the. I don't know. You know, I I went. I did a lot of stuff. You know, since last week, like I got the. I got the auto builder. I have like this. I have the shrine sensor. Oh. I have the sensor plus. I have the. I have a hero's path also, which is great. So you can see where you're going and all that. Yeah. Um. I just wow. basically. Well, it's actually part of the main game now. Because before you had to get the DLC, you get that. Yeah. Now it's included. Oh, and I have the um the travelers uh thing also, which was part of the DLC, where you can. Uh, I think it's up to three times you can uh, just find a spot on the map that you can automatically warp back to. 
Uh, oh, that, you can do three different spots. Yeah, the traveler's medallion. It's it's three now oh, wow. instead of just one. I, I have that also. It's I, I highly recommend getting it. The only reason I did it was I was trying to figure out what to do with my zonite because I had so much zonite, and yeah. that I and I and I know there's there's a place that you can trade it on the tutorial island, but they will maybe give you like three charges, maybe like they don't have that much shit. But there's but there's a place in the underground in the depths which I've been spending a lot of time in. Uh, where you can actually buy like up to like 30, 40 at once, like that sort of thing. So you can, you know, so you can upgrade it quicker. And, and once you go down there, you just automatically get the auto builder when you go, to, when you go to where that is. Really? Cause I went there and the robot said, um, I have something for you, but you can't have it yet. You need to go to this place first. It was some temple or something. Oh, weird. No, I, I thought I went right down there and I was surprised. I went down there and they were just like, oh yeah, here's, here's the auto builder. Wow! Because I've been waiting. I've been uh, getting um, God damn, what are those guys called? The the the, the weird ninjas that hate you. Oh, the Yiga oh, clan. Those guys. Yeah, yeah the I, Yiga clan. I I keep finding Yiga schematics, but I haven't found gotten the auto builder. I, oh, feel, okay. I have a feeling it's something to do with the auto builder, though, right? Yeah, because once you get once you get the auto builder, you get like schematics that'll have stuff in it, but. It basically kind of like records everything. I that have you, three or four of those. Yeah. It records everything that you make. So if you like fuck up one thing like 10 times, there'll be like 10 different versions of one thing recorded on there, which is kind of annoying. But you can, but what you want to do is you want to favorite whatever is the one that you want to use. And then it won't automatically delete it because I guess it can only hold a certain amount of memories of what you've made. So it'll start like cutting the ones at the front. So you just like mark them with the star and it won't, it won't get rid of those. And it's a, and you can you can use it to build it out of parts that are already there, but if it you but you can actually use Zonite to just create stuff from nothing. I thought that oh. when I first got the auto builder, I thought it only made from stuff would only made from stuff that was already in the world, but no, that's not true. It'll actually take some of your Zonite and just make it right there, like whether you have the materials or not. So But it'll take away from your zonate zonite collection or whatever. Yeah. That sort of thing. So yeah, I got that thing. I mean I don't I don't use it I don't use it that often, but it's nice like if you want to build like a little whatever a little like flying thing i don't know where you can just kind of build it yeah i want it because i built the flying devices so many times and i found like the perfect one yeah you know that i like the best and uh right i just wish i could just set it out there did you talk i mean did you talk to robbie and the kid and all that stuff like in the in the uh, middle town i have but the so i've gotten the camera but rob just and rob just keeps saying i'm not i don't want to leave you and then i've gone to the uh you talked to the other kid right that's with him yeah yeah and then i went to the akala uh whatever the thing he wanted me to go to and i had to fight some of the yiga there and then i was able to go inside and there was a guy there that i let out some fashion designer person and then i came back later and i had and the yiga were back so i don't know maybe i have to kill them a certain number of times before he'll go to the lab but yeah i don't, I don't know like I, I just went i felt like i just got it like i thought there was because i was under the impression that it was like a secret temple or something that you had to go through to get the auto builder but they just yeah. handed it to me, but I started. I mean, I started the quest like with the guy in the in the middle town and all that. And yeah, and, I did start the quest, and, and then I went down there, and I yeah. I need to talk to that construct again because he told me where to go. Well, he, he said it by name. I just didn't. I don't remember what it was. It was it was something that I, I just haven't been to down there. But I, I actually have been uh, exploring the underground a lot. Uh, I'd say I've got about a quarter of the map. It's all spread out, but I've got about a quarter of the map unlocked, and I found a lot of really cool armor, which you've. We're telling me you had as well. Yeah, well, uh, what was it? Um, well, I found the um, I found the full sword soldier armor, which has been the highest defense, and I found that under the town. I haven't found that under the middle town. Actually, if if you found the 
if you found the demon that can respec your your stats, uh, it's it's yeah. it's basically there's a really long maze after that where you'll find all of the soldier armor. If you keep oh, okay. if, if you keep breaking the if you keep breaking the rocks and just going down and down and down and down and down, you'll find a bunch of shit and you'll find one of those giant like skeleton hinoxes. That was the first time I ever beat one of those. Was in that. So those. You know what? I think I, I was I was going through all that and then I ran out of stuff to break the rocks with. Oh, they're, they're actually there'll be a there'll be a sword and a rock by like all of the rock walls, so you don't have to break your own shit, which I did for like half of the way. But eventually, you realize that every rock wall you run into has like a rock and a sword by it that you can just make a shitty one and break the wall with. So that's what I started doing, and I'll, and also now that I have uh have that uh the Goron that was really annoying, uh, <laughs> I can I just use him to break the walls also. Or to, to oh, break, I didn't to break the rocks. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. So I beat the water temple since last week. Okay. So, uh, but I have not gone to the. I have not got, continued the quest line of the uh, the fire one. So that's kind of where I'm at. I uh, I'm at what I wrote it down here. How many shrines? Seventy four. So I'm kind of where you were last week. <laughs> was that where I was last week? You're you're at seventy something. What I was gonna say on the uh, when you're talking about all the stuff you found in the depths. Last week we kind of were unsure what that shrine under the shrine number was in the loading screen. That's how many uh, yeah. roots that you found in the depths. That's the number. Okay. Oh, okay. So I have twenty right now of the of the depths roots. So. Okay. So I think that's. I mean, I, I kind of just went through there and just tried to find a bunch of them. You know, as, as what I was going, and I, I beat one of those uh, giant frog monsters down there. That was cool. And I yeah, got I've not beaten any of those things. I, yet. I got a speci- Yeah, I got like a special. Um, extra big charge or whatever that like made it you know it, you can buy those at the, at the at the construct place also but but i got one from that so i was like oh well i guess that's a bigger one and i beat the i don't know if i said it last week but i beat the hand thing with, with no i guess oh, i didn't yeah. yep. i beat the thing with the five hands and i bought this i beat the second form of it also and you get a specific weapon for doing that so that was cool oh that's cool yeah so I don't I don't I don't have to say what the second form is. Maybe you so I guess I'm at twenty three but twenty three light roots. Oh okay. Oh, so I see you more than I do. I've been having fun sort of playing amateur cartographer with, with this one. And uh you know, again trying to learn from my mistakes of, of Breath of the Wild. I've decided to just like try and go up go up to the high peaks and use that um uh what do you whatever you call it, the viewfinder where you can yeah. throw a pin. Mm-hmm. And then uh from there, like I'll I'll throw the pin on something interesting that's a shrine or whatever, or or, or or a korok. Then I go in and I change it on the map to the whatever the appropriate icon is. And so I think my oh, so you can I've reserve it much, or conserve so it. I can reserve yeah. it for later. Yeah, oh, that makes yeah. sense. I never thought of that. Yeah, I, I, I'm just enjoying it, playing it in that way. And so, I, although I'm not as far as you guys, I think I think I've got a like a really detailed map to show for it and like. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to make good on that yesterday when I decided, okay, I've got all these Koroks and shrines mapped out, identified. And so I said, I'm just going to do a Korok and shrine run. And I did that for like probably six or seven hours yesterday. I knocked out, I must've done probably 15 shrines and I don't know how many Koroks I did over that time. Having, having the shrine seeker is helps so much. And I don't know if, I don't know if you, if you knew this or if you learned this, but all of the roots have a shrine above them on the on yeah. the on the oh, thing yep. again. So there was mm-hmm. one that I couldn't find, and and I then I used the shrine detector. But I had to go like all the way out and like get in this well, and then go all the way under, and then you found it. And I, that was the same thing about 
I found a bunch of shrines in the Goron area where all of them were underground. And there was one that had like a crazy mine maze. You had like minecart maze to get there and yeah. all this other wow. shit. And there was three different ones that were all underground. Oh, and I got that like, I got that Goron, the boulder basher, like the super strong uh, Gordon, uh, whatever it is. Oh, okay. The, the Goron sword that you get. There's a mission. Too, yeah, the, co- the cobble crusher. Well, there's the cobble crusher, but you turn that in for the boulder basher, oh, which is more stronger. It, it's it's actually part of, it's a side quest. So so you find one, I think I got mine from a like-like, but there's different places to find them. But then you take them in and you give them with like three diamonds and some other things and, and, and you trade it in. And it's pretty high, like it's, it's probably my highest weapon. And you can take it back and get it fixed also if it breaks, which is awesome. Oh, cool. And also I went to, th- there's these there's these rock octoroks in uh, in that area as well, which just found a, found, found a TikTok about it. And uh, yeah, they, they'll fix your weapons. So I did a little bit of that. Like they... Uh, they suck your weapon oh. in and they shoot it back out to you. Uh, fix. They'll only do it like once per blood moon or something like that. It okay. was it was funny because I had this sword that was like 120 damage, and I'm like, fuck, I need to keep this thing because it's almost dead. And they sucked it up and they shot it back to me, and it came back as a level 58 thing. And I'm like, all right, well, they fucked it up because I because I heard that when it that it'll like randomize whatever the stats are and all that on it. Oh, okay. And I found out later that the sword doubles in, in strength when it's about to break. That's why it was so high. Because there are certain oh. swords that do that, that have like where where on its like last last life it'll be stronger. So that explains I've had one yeah. that was over a hundred and I'm like, why the hell do I have this strong of a weapon? And yeah, I thought I thought maybe I got it from because I did that uh I did the Coliseum in the depths and I thought maybe it I broke got it in from one them. hit <laughs> after I noticed that it was that yeah. high. I ended up breaking it once I realized what it was, but but I was able to fix one through the rock to rock thing and I was like, all right, that's cool. Stumbled upon a really cool way to identify caves. You know, to, going back to to identifying the the, the shrines with the shrine seeker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I actually saw after I found out about that accidentally, there was an article in Kotaku about it today. But um, do you guys know about the cherry blossoms? Are they always by no. cave uh, openings? So the cherry blossoms. Uh, some of them, or if not all of them, have a stone statue by them. If you give them an offering of fruit. Then the um, what's the the, the Satori appears to you? Oh, the the, the Satori. Um, oh, actually, yeah. I, I I just saw a thing about that too, where you can kind of yeah. there, there's a glitch with I that as well, that. where you can where you shoot the you're talking about the the frog guys, right? The glowing frog guys. No, I'm talking about the um in the first game on Satori Mountain. This was you know rumored to be inspired by Satoru Iwata. Sure, know, that's kindly spirit that would appear to you there's like a like a spirit it almost looked it looked like in princess mononoke that the 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 giant like deer god thing from that oh, okay kind of looked like that because i but, thought uh, i thought anyway. the satori's were the little frog guys because there's that one no that's the bu- the with the bubble guys yeah no, but no, no. but i think that's, what that's they i think what they turn into is a satori because the guy the whatever the, the the monster guy keeps talking about how he wants to be a satori and he keeps eating the bubble oh, the yeah. bubble gems okay yeah, but maybe there's a relation. I, yeah, I forgot about that. Like a blue deer, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's like a big version of those little rabbit guys, or it's the same color as those little rabbit guys. It looks like they could be cousins. Yeah, I thought yeah, the rabbit okay. guys were Satori's, the, the little tiny rabbits that you that you follow into the caves. Right, right. And you shoot. Right. So try try offering some fruit to the statue. When you see a, a cherry blossom, offer some oh. fruit to the statue there. And then the Satori appears. And for. I think it's a cycle of a complete day. All the caves nearby in that area around the tree will be lit up. Oh, They'll, I'll have a light shining to the sky, like 
just like when you do like when a meteorite falls and all that wow I, I think i found something like that but i thought it had to do with the horse god like there was one where i where i found like cherry blossoms and yeah mm-hmm. it 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 highlighted all the cherry blossoms so i thought i was supposed to go find them and do something but but I, it was somebody told me about it at one of the stables and I ended up going to one, and then they all highlighted, yeah, until like the next day or the blood moon cycle or whatever. But I didn't really do anything with it because I yeah. wasn't sure what exactly to do, you know. You yeah. put some fruit in the bowl, and it has to be fruit. Well, I know to the Kotaku article. Yeah, I knew the I know the fruit bowl thing. I just didn't know what to do with the with the cherry blossoms after they were highlighted. So back to the underground. Sorry, before we moved on from the underground, I did want to say, I also used the the roots to find shrines on the land that I hadn't found yet just because mm-hmm. I missed them. But did, have you noticed the correlation between the name of the root and the shrine? I don't think I'm writing anything for anybody here, but it's pretty cool. Oh no, I guess not. But yeah, you can say, you can say it. It's fine. The shrine is just the name of the, or the root is the name of the shrine in, in reverse. Oh, okay. So it's, yeah. Since so it's, it's like underground. Backwards. So it's uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't really think about that. I just had heard that they were in the same spot. So I just kind of looked for it like that. Camp have you uh, few, hijacked uh, any uh, of the Yigas like vehicles down in the depths? It's kind of fun to just like. Oh no! I know I, ha- I have knocked them yet. off their boats or their airplanes, and then just like take over. I've I've done that sometimes. It's so fun. I did steal a horse from one of the moblins down there, so I had the skeleton horse, and that was awesome. I was oh, cool! Like, I was like going yeah, through the depths and the, in the skeleton there. horse, and I was, with because it still has the mane, but it's like all all scale all uh, bones, and I'm like, this is rad because you can because you can walk through the gloom without getting hurt. Right. There's one of the okay. So the first time that you go down there, like just not that far away around the corner, is a couple of those horses just hanging out. I, f- I happened to find that right away, and so that's what I was doing for the first probably day or, that I had this game was just wandering around the in the depths on the horse. Yeah, going it's a cool. Too, a little too far in the dark and getting lost. <laughs> but, yeah. I, uh, I so I, that mar- that mar- that marking ability is invaluable in the depths. So I've been using it a lot. So. I'll say what I do, and I mean, it's there's nothing special about it, but I find the hole I want to go down. I go down I, on the map to see if I've been down there yet. If I have, I want to head a different direction. I'll go to that, and then I open up my sail immediately when I enter the cave, and then I just start looking around, see if I could see like any of those little uh, the, those the little bulbs that lead to the roots. Yeah, yeah, because they glow, they these. glow a little bit in the so dark. I, I ended up one one descent. I ended up marking like five. Yeah. Turns out some of them are really far away, but oh yeah, yeah, it's it's a great it's actually a great tool. And I actually I wasn't using the marking system correctly, and eventually it told me that I had too many, so I need to go back and do like you said and change my style of mark for those. But yeah, it's yeah. that's it's so good for the for the depths to use that because you you could be walking right towards one of those things, be really close to it, then you just lose it. Something's in your way, yeah. and all of a sudden you're like, "Where the fuck did it go?" Or sometimes it's really high. Like maybe you found this one, but there's mm-hmm. there's one of them that that I was like kept going towards, going towards, and then I completely lost it. And it turns out that it's on top of a of a labyrinth, like one because oh, okay. you know the labyrinths that are on the corners of the map. There's three of them now. Yeah. There's one on the depths right. and one on the middle and one on the top, which I've actually done like two or three of the ones on the middle. But but you basically you do the middle one and then it unlocks the top one and then you do the top one and then it unlocks the bottom one. Oh. I, have, I haven't done the imbo- bottom one yet, but I've done some of the middle ones. But I couldn't figure out how to get high enough to the ones above it to get to those ones that are un- that are unlocked. But but yeah, there was one where I couldn't find the root, and the root was on top of the labyrinth, and that's why I couldn't figure it out. And then I finally found my way up there, and I'm like, oh, here it is, fuck, because I had looked for it a bunch of times, and I had it marked like with the you know with the dot and all that. 
I had an interesting experience mapping the depths this week where I was actually, I was in Kakariko village. My intent was just to hang out and have some village time. And, uh, but that got interrupted when uh, the dragon flew by. Uh, I forget what, what's the blue dragon's name. The one that, that kind of gives off frost. I think it's a, is a feroche. I don't know. The blue dragon flew remember. by. I got pictures of them. I've, I've, I've taken uh, advice yeah. from John from last week and I've been taking pictures of everything. Well, also, after you find the sensor plus and all that, there's a there's its own side adventure is having a picture of every single thing in the game. Like that's its own side quest oh, okay. to beat. So my so John was I already had a leg up on that one. Well the blue dragon flew by and was getting really close and I was like, oh the dragon's actually like coming down. And I noticed that the dragon was going down into the pit. Yeah. And so the chasm. I got yeah, the chasm. And so I was like, I gotta jump on this opportunity. I'm following the dragon, see where it goes. And I dive down and I use my glider and I'm falling down with the dragon. And I notice that, Oh yeah. When you get close to the dragon, you actually get a, a new gust of, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the green stuff stamina. And so I said, I just decided right there, I'm following this dragon, see where it goes. And I ended up flying with the dragon through the depths. And I was able to mark to map out a good chunk of the depths that way. Just riding wow. the dragon. Oh, wow. It was, it was sweet. Did you actually ride the dragon? Because I because I did ride the dragon. That's what why I said at the top. But have, did you actually get on top of the dragon and, and I, look around? I didn't actually. I, I thought about it, but I didn't want to ruin it. Like I, I couldn't remember if you touched the dragon if you got hit or whatnot. And so I was like, I'm depending just on ride. which dragon. Yeah. yeah, I haven't got on any of them yet. I was going to ask if you had done anything with the dragon. I've just taken I've just taken pictures of them. I was riding the blue one, and uh, it was the same thing where I, I was going down. Oh no, it's the green one. So I don't know if you guys can see. Hmm. I can't see it at all. <laughs> Oh, there, there it is. I can kind of see it. So I'm right. I'm writing on his head, like never-ending story style. It was pretty fun. I wrote on him, um, and he was in Overworld. So I actually went like all around a whole quarter of the map, just staying on top. But as I walk around on the dragon, I found all these like collectible items near his, oh. um, near his spine. So I ended up getting oh, a whole cool. bunch of like these scans um, and all that. Yeah, and they're like really good attack uh, item add-ons for your for your weapons. Oh, yeah, monster, so. monster parts and all pretty that. cool. Yeah, I, I got a bunch dragon of dragon for the whole the whole cycle. I, a, I, I was so flying cool. by the dragon for it was must have been about twenty five minutes or so. It was awesome. Uh, so I up he went down and then we rode around the whole underground. Then we came back up somewhere else on the other side of the map, and then I flew with him all the way back till he went to Kakari Crew and uh, dove down again. So I did one complete cycle in about twenty five minutes. Hmm. Just rode the bus for the whole line. Mm-mm-mm. Yep. Exactly. Ride the dragon bus. Yeah, yeah. And didn't, I haven't done anything with the dragons yet. I guess I haven't been close enough for me to get to them, and I'm just kind of like just taking pictures of them in the distance and all that. I'm, I'm amazed. So we're like what two weeks into the game right now? When did it come out? On About oh, it'll be two weeks yeah. on Friday. It'll be two weeks in. Like yeah. with most other games, I think we would have all you know been we, we would have all seen just about everything and, and be telling the same stories. But still, two weeks in now, we're each having different experiences. I just like love that about this game. And I suspect mm-hmm. it's going to be the case for a couple more weeks that we're each going to be discovering something new that the other people haven't seen yet. And that's just awesome. I think uh, it was that Jeremy and I, we both found the, the Midna helmet, right? In the, yeah, in the is, Coliseum, which, yeah, that was, that was really cool. So I have the Midna helmet and I also have one of the gloom uh, armors, which you can get, oh, from, cool. which you can get from the pose. If you haven't, Okay. There's the post statue that you talk to in that middle 
town that I say you should yeah. constantly go to. Uh, eventually, you can pay that that Poe statue, and he'll tell you about his brothers that are in the depths, and he'll show you where they're at in the depths. And then you go to them, and you can buy uh, additional gloom armor from the from those oh, okay. Poe statues. I have talked to him, but I haven't searched for his brothers. Because I bought what was that I bought the Dark Link tunic from there. I don't know if you have to do, got, have to do that or not. I did buy that one. I did buy the Dark League tunic. I but but I but I have two locations. I have two gloom two gloom okay. uh, statue locations. I found one of them, and there's another one that's on the far like southeast that I haven't gotten to yet. But that but I but I got that, and with the Midna helmet, it's like you have like two hearts that you can that you can get hit by, and it won't like take it away from your your health and all that. So that really helps. Have you found the uh, the climbing armor or the uh, like the rubber armor and stuff like that yet? Yeah, I did. I mean, I found I found part of the. I mean, I found found. I found part of the climbing well, armor like part, that makes you climb of of quicker. Sets. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And I know, like the there frog, the frog same. armor is something you get from the gazette, but I haven't done that yet. That's a yeah. different thing. But as I as recall, the climbing gear that that was something we got from doing the. There was like a lady who's wandering around the field, and and she says, "Oh, there's these treasures, Misko's treasures, or something like that." Yeah, like this, old, this fashion design. Oh, I yeah. thought I thought that those were aren't those also the ones that give you like a elemental bonuses because i found a couple yeah. of those like i found like the yeah, fire and the, like, and, the, and the water one yeah i've got like the rubber armor or the rubber like piece of rubber armor that's where you can't get shocked electricity yeah oh, okay well I, to an extent i got like the water armor that gives you water attacks like for whatever item you're using and i, and I found another version of that for for a fire i still haven't gotten the zora armor <laughs> oh the, even though yeah. I, the lady just gives it to you uh, the, the no, she says does. I have to bring some something to her that I never I haven't found yet. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought she just gave it to me. Um, and I so I had to actually like go to another island and then build a vehicle and fly over to meet Sidon mm. at the Water Temple, which was fun. I love I love flying around the skies. It's like my favorite thing to do now. Uh, besides going around the depths, I like to just check out all the islands, see if I've been to them, go back to them, and explore them a little thoroughly from time to time. But it's also just really nice to have. Uh, more spots to jump down from I'd say to, to you, my to surprise like yeah. for all that this game was marketed about oh the skies are open to you and all that the skies are the the place that i've been the least i've been just yeah, enjoying yeah, the too. map as it is and and well some of them are hard to the get to all stuff and then all the the stuff underground as well you know, having basically you know double the map underground uh, i've really not been to the skies pretty much at all until yesterday i was like well i gotta get some more materials for, for building because I'm seeing the need to build some more stuff. And, you know, that's the place to to get all that stuff. Oh, oh the capsule, capsule machines? Capsules, right. Yeah, I'm just surprised that, that I haven't really been to the skies as much. I probably spent maybe five hours there total out of the 65 that I have. Hmm. So maybe I should dive in or dive up rather go back to the I sky. like it. It's it's pretty relaxing. It's not, as, a, it's not as easy to get to as the depths. Like the depths, you just dive in. And actually, the... The the funny thing about the depths, like I got uh, so since you got to the Coliseum, you got to Outset Island, then right, Jeremy? You did that whole no. uh, oh, because the Coliseum is below Outset Island. That's why I thought I got there was, from underneath. Oh, okay, I'm flying around down there. Well, Outset Island has its own like a uh, side adventure where you have to kill a bunch of pirates, and then you like can go under through the back of the island, and there's a pirate ship in there, which is really cool. And there's like the the back of the rock is like kind of cut out, and there's a pirate ship in there, and there's also a oh, shrine. Okay. There's a shrine in there as well. And I did all this stuff, and also you unlock a whole game about you on a glider. We have to land on a target, and you can get money from that. I, I unlocked that thing also. But there, but there's a big chasm there, and I jumped down, 
And I, you know, when you go into the chasm, you can't see anything because everything's all dark. Yeah. And I just went all the way and just hit the ground and died. And uh, but I had a fa- but I had a fairy, so it brought me back to life. But then I woke up in the Coliseum there, and it was kinda, <laughs> it was kind of hilarious because I just went back and I, I I died, and then I woke up and I'm like, oh fuck, now I got to find all these guys. But thankfully, my hearts didn't like you know get cracked or whatever. Like I could bring them back. But but yeah, that was directly under that. But I, I really I love the the Outset Island was really fun because it's. And I found the um, I also found the uh, the area that's been taken over by the pirates. That's kind of close to there. I haven't done anything there, but I have I have seen Laurelin or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. But it's cool because it it basically gives you like a big monster meter, and there's little pockets of 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 like monster Mm -hmm. bases that you have to go and destroy, and then you take down this meter, and then eventually you kill everybody. And and there's and there's some really good like you'll find a lot of silver versions of the monsters there that have like the much higher like attach rate whatever stuff and it gets i found a i found the um the silver ho- whatever horriblins like i found those and they have Ooh, these really cool like horns that are that are pretty and that's what i put on that uh that boulder basher so it's like a level 80 now or something like that it's like my nice. most it's my strongest weapon so i've encountered the horriblins multiple times but i know it's every time that they kind of creep me out it's such a great character i hate them oh i, I like unsettling and I don't think I don't yeah. think they're that scary. I thought the hands I think were the scarier. New, we got a the new area. Hands, we, got a grab new, you. we got a new type of moblin. Yeah, we got a new status effect. Yeah, they they really took it to a new level. Have you guys? I mean, I'm sure you've been. Uh, I know Jeremy said, and I said on the Slack too. Have you been fucking around with some of the glitches? Uh, one I of, feel one, terrible uh, how well, it's just so easy to do. One of them I was trying to say earlier, uh, as, as far as like the the, the satori's or the or the um, bubble gums or whatever they're called, mm-hmm. uh, I just found a new glitch today that once you kill one of the one of the glowing frogs, you just ascend into the ceiling, and then you come back down, and then there's another one, and you can ascend into the ceiling and come back down, and you can basically multiply the the bubble gum gems like through that way Uh-oh. as well. So oh, it's, and uh, you it's, and you can just back up you don't have to cancel it out yeah you yep. just press b don't and come out, back down yeah. Yep. yeah you come back wow. down and and uh, yeah it's that's the other thing it's like I, I see uh i know this game's very popular but I, I see a lot of people like breaking the fuck out of it too <laughs> like I, I saw this video today on twitter uh with you know those block guys that we were talking about which uh you yeah, know con- uh, came back from the trucks. from the gunstar heroes game uh, yeah. making their second appearance uh, you can basically you can take their feet and their arms away from them with with the yeah. uh, with the ultra hand and then they can't attack you at all like you can basically pull their arms and, and feet away and they'll try to stomp on you but they can't but they don't know that their arms and feet are gone so you can basically kind of completely break those as well just by just grabbing them and just pulling them to the side and then I was they, I was they just doing can't that hurt you. yeah still having trouble with them because oh. they would just re- well I haven't I haven't tried it myself I just watched a video of somebody doing it. Uh, that item repetition glitch is so easy, though. Yeah, I did that. I, I, yeah, I do feel kind of bad, but I, I basically, I made like thirty some diamonds and I sold them all so I could buy all of the outfits yeah. available at all the towns, and that's what that's what I did. So I have. I like, don't think I, still, any... I still have like six thousand uh, rupees left still. Like I, you just saved yourself grinding a bunch. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's that's what I did with right. it. I, and you can. Do I also it, yeah. What, I it discovered times. it last night. I was like, oh shit, they're gonna patch it. And so I actually, I did it for like an hour. I was just like, I gotta, I think this, well, I still can. I think they still haven't patched it. I guess we should uh, yeah, mention, mention what it is and how easy it is to do on here. Basically all you need to do is, uh, whatever you want to duplicate has to be the last item in your inventory. So in order to do that, if it isn't, uh, you basically empty everything out on the ground and then you repick it all up again and then it'll be, end up being the last item on your inventory. Yeah. And, and this is how I did it. All you have to do 
is you just have you you climb up to somewhere high up and then and and you jump and you float and all you do is you you select an item that you have one of and then you select four of whatever you want to duplicate that's at the end of your list and you can do this multiple times and it and it'll drop it'll basically drop extra ones but not lose from your inventory on the ground and then you just pick them up and that's cuz I did it like five times at once while I was floating so you cuz which I didn't realize that until later that you can just do it over and over and over again as long as you have one of a thing that you can drop with all these other things you can you can make like your four diamonds into like 20 diamonds or well I guess you have to have enough to be able to hold them but they just drop down and then they automatically reproduce and and you don't have oh, to really? press like start multiple times or whatever all you have to do is just pause and just hold them and they just automatically drop and you pick them back up and okay that's, that's not how i did it i kept doing the pause thing but i would jump from like maybe 10 feet up and i could still i was do- i was like doing it in a 15 cave or 20 times i was yeah. doing it in a cave where i was only in uh where i was only in the air for like maybe five seconds you know and i, I just, just did like, it by the just, capsule yeah. machines yeah because i do have safe up there and then i just would use the i would reproduce the, zo- the big zone i charges hmm. and i just basically i went around and to all the capsule machines and i have at least like 30 or 40 of each piece that way i can just build whatever vehicle i want whenever and also uh i did use the zone i charges to like fly a little further but i only did that once yeah i was wondering how you uh because uh, but if you load up but if you load up on those large zone i charges like you could you could fly anywhere and you could do that if you just stocked up on them too like it would also work that way yeah, because I think the smaller ones it'll like it'll make your battery longer, but if you use the big one, it'll just make the one battery like go slower, right? Like... It essentially gives you one extra battery for each one of them. So you just you click it, it goes all the way around, and then it starts using your battery. But yeah, it, it kind of has just, like a if you just silver, like top it off, yeah. it'll stay. Yeah, has like a silver casing or something. But yeah, that that was the first thing I did. I was like, I'm just gonna duplicate a bunch of diamonds, and because you can sell those for 500 rupees, and yeah, that was my idea. Is like, I'm gonna duplicate them all, and I'm gonna go and buy all of the outfits. And I did that, the ones that I could find. And it, it was funny because there was this. Uh, so when when I was trying to like make fix my weapon, you know, the one that was like 100 damage or whatever, I, I went to that area. I, I was like, all right, where's that fucking rock octarak out? So they're like, all right, there's this one by this one shrine. And I went to the shrine, and the shrine is like, okay, you have to follow the you have to follow the laser to where the rock is, and then bring the rock back, and that's a shrine. There's a bunch of shrines like that. And I follow the the rock into this cave, and then the then the rock like gets up, and it's one of those big rock dudes. But it's a but it's like a it's a lava rock dude where I can't like walk on him because he'll kill me. Like so, it's much harder to hit the the green rock that's on him or whatever. Anyway, I kept getting killed over and over and over again against this against this rock guy so i gave up and then i went and i did like the diamond glitch and all that and i went and i and i got all the money and i bought all of the fire uh resistant equipment from from the goron place and then i went back and i destroyed that fucking rock guy and i took his heart and i stuck it on the end of a sword and oh those I, are good and those i swords and I are really good i didn't know you could do that because i was like what the fuck do you do with the hearts of these things you can fuse you them but you pick, can't, you can't, but you can't take them with you but you can fuse yeah. them to your sword and they're like plus 50 so I did that. Now I'm just walking around with that fucker's heart, like at the end of my sword, and I'm like, haha. Oh yeah, and I, I I went to the castle too. Have you been Have you been to Hyrule Castle? There's like nobody there. I, I went to Hyrule go. Castle too. Yeah. Uh, there's some moblins. On, on the out, on the outskirts, there is. But if you go in the regular castle, you can find a ton of like really uh really like high powered weapons that are just kind of hanging out. Yeah. I, I just walked around and I found a bunch of shit, like really good bows, really good swords, and I kind of just floated in there because I was trying to find the. There's a shrine that's on like the back end that I was trying to get to, yep. and 
I just went in there and walked around. And then and then on the yeah, outside there's more there's more people to fight. But in there there was nobody in there. I'm just like, what's going on here? I'm just walking around, just picking up shit. Yeah, it's I I, I went there. I think I've I've got all of the overworld except for one. And I just I just can't figure out how to do it is why. Um oh, I know where it is. I have it marked and everything. I just can't figure out how to the shrine activate. Yeah, uh, not the shrine, the uh the the tower that gives you the the map. Oh, I, I could. I mean, I could tell you how to do it. I've unlocked all. Of it's them. the it's the one in the uh, Gerudo, the south, the far southwest. Is that the one? That's not the one that's under the snow, right? No, it's just the one that's. Uh, no, I did that one. It's one where you, there's multiple ones where you go and it, it's just like flickering, but you can't like activate the terminal, and you have to do something to get someone there to fix it, essentially. And I don't. Oh, okay. I can't find anyone oh. around who's gonna fix it for me. Is that the one with the elevator by it? I don't think there's an elevator. Because there's one... I thought it was in the desert. I thought that was the Gerudo one. There's one that's in the desert where there's like a broken elevator and there's a guy down at the bottom that you talk to and you have to bring him up the elevator and he'll come in and fix it for you before That must be what I need to do because I I never did that. I did go down and rescue a guy who was stuck and then he went up and fixed a tower. But he was like in a well. I had to go like down in a well and find him. So I think that's a different guy. I think that, I mean, I remember that one being in the desert, but yeah, I, I just, I went to it and then I did the elevator thing and then he came up and I was like, oh, I guess I did need this guy. You know, and I wandered I all went, around the desert. Because I just went through the top, like, because a lot of them you can just There's a lot more the shrines out in the desert than there were in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I, I do like that. There's a lot more stuff out there. And um, so I've really just been trying to explore everywhere. And that's what I love to do in this game the most. I, as my, my nickname, uh, as my nickname was earlier, uh, sequence break. I feel like I've kind of sequence broke the fuck out of this. Like John was saying last week, you know, like you've been kind of do everything as the game tells you to do it. This one, I did not at all. Like once they gave me the floaty thing, I'm like, all right, fuck you. I'm going to go wherever. So I've not been following what the game tells you to do whatsoever. And that's what I did for breath of the wild, I guess was did follow the way. But, uh, so I was, I was on this quest for a hundred shrines and my 95th shrine that I get to 95 is basically like, this is how you shoot an arrow. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, like, like that? Teach you. It's, it's, yeah, the one that teaches you how to shoot a fucking arrow, and it's my 95th shrine. I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. Like, it's like this. Yeah. It's like you push ZR to shoot an arrow, and I'm like, really, really? I didn't know that. In these like 70 hours that I, whatever, 80 some hours that I played this game, I never knew how to shoot a fucking arrow. It's just kind of hilarious that you find that way later, and there's like, yeah, this is how you do this. I'm like, All right. I wonder if they. Could, I mean, <laughs> considering that this game lets you play with it however you want, maybe they could for those tutorial shrines. For those players who, like yourself, didn't go there right at the beginning, maybe they could scale them in some way. Like, yeah, right. Okay, if this person has already defeated twenty-five shrines, now we take it up to a medium. If they've defeated, you know, ninety shrines, now we take it up to hard level, just to keep it interesting for everybody. Mm-hmm. I like. I, I mean, I'm still happily surprised by like the, the puzzles in them, but yeah, just like Trey, like I ended up on one that you literally just glide across like one chasm with a, a glider and then you win. I'm like, wait, why did I do yeah. that? Mm-hmm. But doing that, I flown all over the sky with that. And then I actually, it was just last night. I found what the uh, tutorial Island capsule machine. I had never found that before. So there's a guy standing by and explaining how to use it. And I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. I have like 20 of these <laughs> things unlocked. Yeah, I'm surprised you missed that. I mean, I, I, I found that at the beginning but, well i uh, didn't even remember there was a town in the middle until you told me last week so oh yeah i forgotten about the most important there's town. a lot to see and yeah. you know makes it easy to miss stuff i still thought that kakariko village was the uh the main town 
Now I go to that town in the middle all the time. Well, I mean, that's where Hestu is now. I'm sure you finally found Hestu, hopefully. I did. Yep. Yeah, I've done... Uh, I mean, I've just gone crazy with the weapon, you know, weapon slots, because I like to collect weapons. Have you, you guys have... I know, Trey, Trey you've, you've unlocked the whole map. You said that. Jeremy, have you, have you unlocked the whole map yet, or no? Well, no, that's what I was saying. I have one tower that I haven't been able to activate. So uh, that's oh, right, right. The, the southwest portion of the map, so... That's all I'm missing for the overworld, and then quite I'm missing quite a bit of the depths still. Yeah, me too. I was trying yeah. I was trying to do the depth stuff, but yeah, some of them are like really hard to get to. And there's that and there's that whole Yiga area also where they're floating around with the with with the planes. I'd say a problem. You just gotta have... got dive bomb them. Dive bomb them. Use the the attack to like hit anywhere near them, and it, they'll fly off into the water and die. Mm. But you can just use their vehicle. It's great. I probably unlocked like half maybe 60 percent of the map i keep seeing stuff like off in the distance like oh, i yep i've marked i've marked all the towers using that the viewfinder thing like i found them all and marked them all but i'm still just trying to resist the temptation to veer off course and um, wander here and there so that's been a little, wow. that's been a little frustrating or a little uh a little tough rather but yeah I, i've uh, probably at 60 percent of the map at this point and i'm i'm, I'm kind of at, at the point where yesterday I spent the whole day, you know, looking for the shrines and the Koroks and all that stuff. And I'm trying to think, where should I really go next? And I think I'm veering towards going to Death Mountain. Okay. So that's like the third shrine, I think, supposedly. In the, in the order is of that shrines. supposed to be the third one? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm probably doing them in the right order right now. Or no, or maybe, maybe the wind. No, maybe it's the second one. Maybe the water one's the third one. The water one was actually kind of hard. To, like the series, the series of events you have to trigger to like, I really, yeah, Do it. I really like the water. I got stuck on it for a couple of days. I really liked the water shrine. I thought the wind shrine was okay, but I really liked the boss. Like I thought the boss was really cool. The boss was, was really cool. Yeah, we all played yeah. the wind one. Yeah, because okay, it was really yeah. unique. It's really unique yeah. that you had to fight it like in the in the air the whole time. Like I thought that was really interesting. That boss was cool. And yeah, it was the, the, just the lead the up water the temple was, and all that. That was really cool. Yeah, the water temple was the least watery of the water temples I've ever played. <laughs> I mean, I know there's water in it, but none of the puzzles were like. Wait, 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 wait! So you you beat the water temple without the without the Zora yes. armor? Yes. Fuck! How'd you do that? Because I thought all of it was swimming was swimming up waterfalls. I thought I thought you couldn't even get there without swimming up waterfalls. Or did you fly a fly a thing there? Exactly. This is before the, I used a glitch. I just want to preclude that. No, I built built I built vehicles to get all the way up there because mm. I I still can't figure out how to get that Zora armor. So I'm like, I'm just gonna. See if I can beat it without it, and I, and I did. Oh wow! I just built, built lots of vehicles. Yeah, the one is, uh, what is it? Says whatever his name is. Uh, side side on. I almost called side him on. Civic, uh, or Civic. His ability is so dumb. Uh, side yeah uh, yeah Sidon's uh, fiance gave it to me, and I don't remember doing that much. I remember just being. Well, like, she says I have to bring her back some item, some ancient item that I haven't happened upon yet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. I, I think maybe I just like starts had, with a P or something. I just had a bunch of shit, or I just been finding a bunch of shit. There was a puzzle on the water shrine that had me like ripping my hair out, and it was mostly because um, it, you're you're like moving a ball somewhere, a big ball, but like it's on these platforms that will like fall to the depths if you don't, you know, keep your battery level up or whatever. I ended up building a giant bridge out of. So I don't know if you knew this, but you can just build a bridge out of Zoni devices. So I just built a bridge out of. I had like thirty carts, and I just linked them. Oh yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't done And then that I yet. put one of those anchor, like one of the Zoni anchors, in the wall, just attached to that, and I just, I just walked right up. Hmm. 
where I needed to go without like I felt so dumb afterwards. I was like, I could have just done that the whole time, but at the same time, it kind of felt cheap. But the game let me do it. Yeah. Did you have a hard time with the muck to rock at all? The the boss for that? Yes. I thought he was kind of annoying until I I ended up using the key size to to chase him with the with the with the arrow and then that would stun him yeah. and then I just run up. So and I didn't have any arrows when I got to him. <laughs> oh, I have like I have like three hundred arrows now. But now that I've now that I have a ton of money, I've just gone to every town and bought all their arrows. Yeah, but I but but I had like two hundred before that. But I've just been just yeah. When he like runs know. away and you can't catch him, uh, that was pissing me off. Yeah, I, I so I just kept I, he kept changing form. He kept doing that thing, and it took probably fifteen of him changing and doing the little bouncy bounce before I finally killed him because I might get one hit in him before he like took it off and I couldn't catch him again. And I'd even try using the uh the ability that the that Sidon has to try to fire at him, but he was long gone by the time I could activate the ability. So yeah, it was it was a little annoying, but I was happy when I beat it. I I, I was yelling. I actually that's the first time I've yelled in the game was when I played that boss. <laughs> I, I yelled at that at that fucking fire rock guy plenty of times because well, well, when yet. I didn't when I didn't have the right armor, he would knock like eight eight hearts off at like once in one hit and i was like fuck you you piece of shit you know because he would knock me down in two hits like he would two hit me you know so i'm like fuck off this must be the boss in the fire temple i haven't i haven't been there yet no not the boss in the Neither. fire temple that guy was a was a pushover i'm talking about the one that the the one that was uh keeping the shrine gem that i was trying to get by the rock to rock it's not it's not oh, even yeah. a temple boss it's a construct right no no he's just he's just one of those giant fucking rock dudes but he's made of fire so so he'll hurt okay. you if you walk on him, and if he hits you, so with, you can't use the. Because I'm sure you've tried using the ascend ability to fight those guys. Yeah, I, well, I tried to do it, but it was, yep. but but I was still, like I was dying because it was made of fire. But uh, but I, I said it earlier. Basically, I, I got the all the fireproof stuff and and uh and like made the damage as high as I could with the with the fairies and went back and destroyed him. And he basically hit me with the rock, and it only took like one heart away versus like the ten. I haven't found any of the before. fairies, the great fairies yet. They're, I mean, they're all yeah. There's, I think the first one you have to find is at, uh, I forget what it's called. It's on the, it's northwest of, um, of the middle town is where that. Doesn't it have something to do with the, uh, the Gazette? Yeah, you have to be lines. a reporter. Yeah, if you follow that reporter quest, for it to you'll, do you'll it. get there. Yeah. Okay, I think that might be what I do tonight. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, we should wrap up our. Tears of the Kingdom talk and go into other things, but more, but what's everybody question. what's everybody's yeah, goal? And yeah, you can talk about the horse thing also because I want to know what that is. You want you want to know what that is? Yeah, go. For, I don't use horses; they're kind of worthless. So sure, I don't either. Okay, <laughs> I'm wondering if it's something that maybe maybe you saw, but just like you know, didn't. Really I didn't notice it because I've totally taken them out of the stable multiple times. Well, I took Epona okay, out, so... but I also took the other one out so I could build because you have to make a wagon thing to do the to do the first. Uh, well, probably all of the all of the great fairy stuff. So maybe maybe then there's some other people listening who who probably uh, did did it and didn't really didn't really register with them, uh, you know what happened. But so just notice that when you take out your horse, uh, look at the list of horses available because they are your horses from Breath of the Wild. Yep. The game actually somehow digs into the the data that you have on your system. Oh, I was wondering why says, those why there were other horses in there. Those were your horses from Breath of the Wild. Oh, weird! Because I was like, "Why do I have two other horses?" And I Which just thought they great, were just some just weird. Which is kind of great because you get a ones. horse from the get go. Right. If you go to a stable, you can just. Take oh yeah, that. I would have never recognized that. I was like, "Why do I have?" So two I had a horse named Keenan. I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember this guy." I need to. Yeah. I need to see it again because I had some really dumb names. Well, my my first horse that I boarded is just called Horse because I you know didn't care. 
I remember my favorite horse name was Dad because they would like call for Dad and say uh, Dad Dad didn't hear you and didn't come or something like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'd have to look at it again because yeah, I really don't remember because I barely used the horses at all in Breath of the Wild either because you know floating was so much faster and you know. I recognized it because in Breath of the Wild I made sure to make every horse some their name is some permutation of Epona. So the first one I got was Epona, and then I have like uh, not Epona or. Or whatever, and then I got when I got the big horse. My, my favorite one was Megapona. Megapona. So I saw Megapona. I saw Megapona in there, and like I was like, "Oh my god, that's my horse is from Breath of the Wild!" And like my my heart skipped a beat. You know, it was just like a nice, unexpected, mm. sentimental surprise from you know a game I really last got into a long time ago. At this point, wow, so it's it's very cool. I, I don't I don't know how they did it, but you know they they dug into the code, and if you have a save file. On your system, it draws from that and brings your horses in. That's cool. My coworker told me that, and I didn't believe her. She was like, "Oh yeah, you can use your horses from Breath of the Wild." And I thought it was just one of those like playground, like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, if you uh, you know, been down fourteen times in the second world, you'll get fireballed up here." I don't know, just the dumb things kids used to say. And I'm like, "Well, she's not a kid, but still, like." I mean, but now it's the, now it's not, the internet. Not, now we, now we know so much more about it, though. You know, right. yeah, but like. Of all, of all things, like I think that's the only thing that carries over yeah. from your so, save yep. file. So it's, I mean, it makes sense. It's just like, now it's kind of makes me sad that they didn't do more stuff like that. Like, I wish I could have brought more of my character over from the first game. I mean, they brought the whole map over from the first one. What, what, what more do you want? That's not mine. <laughs> yeah. They did, but it'd be, it'd be cool to like, you know, any armor that you defeated the game with or or some of it anyway i know they have to like set you back to zero and whatever mm-hmm. just like any any other little things like like that bring your horse back and can you use your can you bring the wolf out like you did in breath of the wild like the wolf yep. the, mm-hmm. but i remember the story of the guy whose brother passed away before uh oh, yeah. the wild came out. Yeah. so that was their brother playing with them and it was a real tearjerker of a story but like does he get to play with his brother in this game too yeah right i don't know if you get to, i don't know if you can bring the wolf me though into I, I never, I didn't scan the wolf one. I should, because I have it. You got the midnight helmet. I got it in the Coliseum. You need the whole, you need the whole, uh, the whole package. Yeah, I found, I found this. Uh, has anybody? I won the midnight shirt. Has anybody found the sage's will uh, stuff yet? They, they basically look the no. same as the blessings, like their little uh, circle things. I found one by accident on a, on one of the Sky Islands, and it said that if I got four of them, it would bring me closer to the sage. I don't know what that means. I've not found it. But it's it's the same. They look. They basically look the same as what you get from the shrines. They're just colored differently. And the, and it's. It, I, I don't. I guess you can use them for something else. Are they in like a treasure box, or do you find get them from a character? Or? No, I think I got them from a. Probably got them from a treasure box or something. I got them from one of the Sky Islands, and it was like it just really surprised me. I was like, oh, I've never seen one of these mm-hmm. before. And it said, yeah, take four of them to something, and it'll get you closer to the sage. But it's different than to, than the blessings. So whatever. But yeah, um, we should move on. I wonder if that. it increases, like it maybe increases the power or like the speed, the, the, the speed of cooldown or something of the special abilities. Does anybody have any goals that they're going to try to do uh, for Tears of the Kingdom before next week? I mean, you said you're going to try to find the the fairies. Uh, Jeremy did. I well, I really want to get the. Uh, I really want the auto builder. That's like the the. It's bothering me. I don't have it, so should, I need it. You're going to get it right after the show, like most of the time. You on but the I show, haven't. Where you're like, I, I, need I to swear, I haven't. Other than what you all have told me, I haven't like found out about stuff in the game other than doing it myself. Like I haven't looked online for you. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I do. So, I do for some things. I mean, this game is too fucking huge. I don't want to run around in circles for two hundred hours before. I, is, but 
Yeah, I mean, well, the auto builder thing was a total surprise. I was just looking for the fucking place, and I just accidentally found the auto builder on part of that. So I think I want to continue not having any goals and just you know let the game lead me, let it let it unfold mm. at uh, at at the pace as as I'm discovering it. I want to get to 100 shrines still. <laughs> I'm still on that path. <laughs> so I only have five left to get to 100 shrines, so I'll get there. That's my major thing for that. But we need to. We should talk about some news stuff because there was a major, major news thing. News, 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 news. Don't snooze or you miss the news. The one, the other mm-hmm. game that's not Tears of the Kingdom that I'm most excited about finally got a fucking re- release date. Jeez, and that, and I'm talking about Mortal Kombat One. No, 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 not that one. I'm talking about AW Fight Forever got a release date finally, 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 uh, June 29th. So it's not Next that. Far, it's not that far away, but mm-hmm. it's so close. It's it's so close. When what's great is now that they've actually uh, and there was a video of, of my man Kenny Omega showing up uh, talking about the release date and all that, fully shirtless and all that as 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 usual. But you get to see Kenny Omega, and I knew he was going to say it. I had a I had a sign that I would take to the wrestling things that said, "Hey Kenny, when is the when is the game coming out?" And Kenny did show up and tell us finally. And actually, that week, interesting turn of turn of events. The AEW is actually coming to Chicago again on the twenty first, like seven days. Oh. No, is it? I guess it's close. Uh, no, it's like eight days before before the um, yeah, because I think it's coming out on a Thursday and it's on a Wednesday. Anyway, AEW is coming to Chicago on the twenty first. I wasn't planning on going just because work has been kind of shitty this year, so I didn't. So I didn't buy any tickets or anything. But a uh, mutual friend of Jeremy and ours, uh, Adam Ballard from Lincoln Christian College, uh, was actually selling his tickets. So I bought tickets from him for on the cheap. So I am going to that. Oh, that's awesome! To that AEW thing now. He was Hell yeah! He was Did you get to see him? No, we, they just uh, transferred it online. You can just transfer it through your uh, Ticketmaster account sense. or whatever. It was easy. I just Venmoed them the money, and boom, I have the tickets. They were selling them for like forty bucks each, which is insanely cheap, like for something like that. So I went for it. So it's like so it's going to be a big AW week for me. It's like the the Chicago one, and then and then the game, like eight days after that. That's that's exciting. So it's going to be cool. But what's great is now that the now that the date is announced, now they can actually announce shit about the game like cuz there's still a lot we don't know. So they did I should have figured they they do every Wednesday morning, I think. Uh they do uh the AEW they have the they have a streaming thing where they play games and this week they played they played the game. They played Fight Forever and it was Orange Cassidy and uh Evil Uno playing it. And they just kind of went through, you know, they just showed some of the stuff. Like the Orange Cassidy did a couple of matches as Orange Cassidy. And uh, they did like um, the, they did like Britt Baker versus uh, Chris Jericho. That, that was a cool one. Um, and they just kind of went through it and they kind of like learned stuff as they were playing it. And you kind of, and, and there were news stuff that showed up about that. Like when you, I guess when your, when your entrance happens, you can control like what pyrotechnics go off behind you and that sort of thing by hitting certain buttons. That's a cool touch. And also when you're, uh, another thing they were saying is when you get thrown out of the ring and they throw you into the barricades, the barricades will like move to a certain amount and they'll stay there like that. You can actually like shift them depending on how much you're beating on the person on the outside of the ring. Like that's really cool. Uh, there was, a, this might've been a mistake, but uh, I think evil Uno grabbed like a, um, grabbed like a barbed wire wrapped bat out from under the out from under the ring. <laughs> I, I saw that in the in the video. I was like, whoa, because it looked it looked huge. Like they had the barbed wire like wrapped around it. They've actually released mm-hmm. videos of blood of like a ton of blood actually in the game because you know they're the whole these things talking about like making it a teen rating and all that. But but AEW Games put up pictures on Twitter like with blood like all over the place. 
And I'm like, all right, cool. So we are doing like the full like hardcore blood matches and all that stuff. And yeah, I'm I'm super super excited. And it was cool watching the stream because they would only show like part of it. They would just show you like one match, and then they kind of like cut to like it said like top secret and then you wouldn't see like the menus or whatever because they didn't want you to see all the extra characters that haven't been announced yet so but it was like i was like on i was on the edge of my seat for that whole like they did like a 40 minute thing or whatever and i watched the whole thing and i'm like yeah i actually watched the whole thing too and i was already i was gonna buy the game because i I love those old classic wrestling games and i was in just on the fact that it was the the original developer hockey style those games make it and uh, now that i have seen the whole uh, video that was out today, I, I, I'm hyped for it. So I, I, I'm, I'm gonna be excited to jump in and finally play like a, a nice modern update on the old school wrestling games. Yeah, I was, um, I was like so psyched, like that it finally got a release date. I was like, I was like, maybe I'll get two. I mean, you know, whatever. I was like, <laughs> but, it, but if they had, I mean, if they had a physical version that had a cool like thing with it or whatever, I might think about getting a physical too. But. I was just thinking about when I, you know, when I was, when I was like a teenager, when I was in college, I think it was like 18 or 19, whenever it came out, but when uh, WCW Revenge, the second one came out, like the, the, the sequel, the world tour, like how excited I was about that. And I reserved it at Babbage's at the mall and I got a t-shirt of WCW Revenge, like with it. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if like you could like, like I need more AW shirts. I already have like 12 of them, but, uh. Mm. But, like, it would be cool if I could get, like, an AW Fight Forever shirt, like, as a, you know, when they used to do that. Like, I think, like, uh, the Ghostbusters game, the Wii one, there was a there was a t-shirt for that. Or there was, like, a Metroid shirt for Metroid 3. I think there was a Samus shirt mm-hmm. that I have. Like, where they used to, you know, have shirts with, or, like, even, like, uh, what was it? The Catherine Deluxe Edition that I have came with the t-shirt. Came with, like, the the Link hearts, and they're, like, one and a half. And it oh, says, that's right. And it says empty, yeah. and it came with boxer shorts. And like a body pillow cover or whatever, and it came in a pizza box. Like, you know, I was like, uh, if, if there was something that came with like a T-shirt or something, I'd think about getting the physical version too. But, but now I'm, I'm very excited. I've actually been waiting to see it show up on the eShop, so I would even click like pre pre you know preload, which you know it won't even they won't charge you until like the week before. But I'm that psyched that I would even click on it and be like, hey, I'm getting this game. So. Been feel like I've been waiting forever. Like so many uh, AW fans have been waiting forever to see this happen. So it's cool because it's coming out. That's uh, basically the same week as as uh, gimmick. So both are yeah, they're right. They're very very close to each other. Yeah, yeah, like eight days apart or something. Like yeah. That. So I'm uh, I'm very I'm very very excited. And there's a pay per view, big pay per view coming up this weekend. So I mean, hopefully they'll show some more stuff from the game during that. So. Yeah, it's like I finally, finally, and um, you know, who knows? They might have some new commercials tonight for for Dynamite. Who knows? But yeah, I'm uh, very excited about it. And there's they're they're doing like a new uh, they're doing a new like AEW thing on Saturdays now called AEW Collision, which is supposedly maybe the the return of Mr. Pepsi or AKA CM Punk. I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, it would be kind of crazy if like they like went through all of this like. They they went they went through all this effort to take CM Punk off of the title, and then it got and then when they released it, CM Punk is like back on AEW, so they don't even need to take him off the front again. That would be fucking hilarious, but that's the rumor is that he's coming back for the for the new AEW show or whatever for Collision, which is happening the weekend after the one that I'm going to. Which I figured if he was going to come back, he'd come back to the Chicago one, right? Because that's what happened last time when he first showed up. He showed up at the United Center, so who knows? But but yeah, no, I'm very excited about that game coming out. Uh, we have a uh, we have some new Mario games ish coming to the Game Boy Advance. This is like the least I've, I've been excited about any uh, edition for the <laughs> Nintendo Switch Online, but 
Yeah, Super Mario Advance, Super Mario Brothers 2, Mario World, Yoshi's Island, all games that are already on there, except now they they come with full Mario screaming at you the whole time. Uh, they're <laughs> coming out like they'll be out before this gets posted. You know, whatever. They're, those are those are coming to that. Mortal Kombat 1 is coming to Switch. Is is was announced? They're rebooting it, quote unquote. Even though it's cool, but the name, come on, stop stupid. doing this, everybody. Like, don't call something one when it's number twelve. Yeah, it's it's annoying. Well, because like, well, Liu Kang is still like a fucking fire god or whatever, and that happened during eleven, so it's still a sequel. And like, there was the time based character, or whatever, from twelve that I'm sure this is coming from. It's dumb, and and they reboot. They kind of rebooted it with Mortal Kombat nine, also, which I thought that one was really good, but. Yeah. Whatever, I don't know. Put it on the Xbox One so you just have like a total clusterfuck of (laughs) name confusion. Well, actually, speaking of that, what I do think is really interesting about this news thing is that uh, is that this game is not coming to like Xbox One or PS4. It's coming to PS5 and Series X and Switch. So they're skipping like last generation, but they're still releasing it on Switch, and I find that very interesting to like to cut out PS4 and Xbox One. But still put it on Switch, so they obviously know that they're that still going to sell a lot of money. Yeah, Sony and from Microsoft, because at this point they're really trying to, you know, push yeah. ahead with the with their new systems. Like, and they're sell- and they're selling it, and it's seventy dollars also, much mm-hmm. exactly on Switch. You could preload it right now, seventy bucks. <laughs> so they're going to, yeah. And apparently, uh, it's like a hundred gigs download on PS Five or something like that because of all the high uh, whatever high high definition graphics that are coming with it. And it's coming out in like September, like it already has a release date and all that. Do you, uh, do Looks you want to cool. fix the name? Yeah, it, it is. It is a dumb name. I mean, you know, I, I, I get, I get all the Mortal Kombat, so I'll probably get it anyway. But, but yeah, it is, it is, it is. How do you, name. how do you feel about finally, uh, potentially being able to play your PS4 remotely or your PS5 remotely? <laughs> so that, yeah, there was, there was a big PlayStation, uh, thing today. Uh, what was it called? Like summer games or whatever the fuck. I watched the whole thing. I watched all PlayStation of it. next. Yeah, uh, whatever it was, whatever it was, and uh, we we had actually mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I think that the the what was it the PlayStation Q or when I when I hear that I think of the Panasonic Q, the GameCube thing, yeah, with the DVDs. But it's a PlayStation that finally plays DVDs. But I, but I've seen a lot of discourse on Twitter of people already being like, oh yeah, Sony's uh, ripping off the Wii U. You know, it's like now we have a, now we can have two screens for the for the PS5. Honestly, yeah, I really don't really see see the appeal of it, and if it's if it's more expensive than the backbone, then like, why bother? I don't know. I guess it's supposed to have like higher resolution or whatever, but still, it's just like playing off the system. It's not. It's not its own handheld. It also specifically says Wi-Fi. It doesn't say like you could use it through five G or whatever. Like that would that would be awesome if you could. I guess. I guess because it's. Are the controllers like like the PS5 controllers? Like, is that the big yeah? Because they it's look a dual they, sense. Yeah, because it yeah. looks like the it looks like the actual PS5 controllers. So if you give a shit with a giant screen in the middle, yeah, yeah. So there's that. But it's also kind of like I was looking at it. and I'm like, can you imagine a world like if the Wii U would have been able to like do remote play, like the Wii U, the Wii U tablet, like off of you know where you could have like played it in Indiana or whatever, and it would have turned your Wii on, you know, like what I did with the fucking Backbone, where you can go to some some uh, hotel in Indiana and turn your PS4 uh, on from like 200 miles away. Like if they would have done that when the Wii U launched, that would have been crazy. You know, that would have been its own thing. I don't know. But yeah, I was, I, I mean, it's basically what it was rumored to be. I mean, there was no PS4 pro and there, there were some games that were announced that are switch ones though. There's a, there's a sequel to Greece in there, which is coming to switch, which looks really cool. Or at least the animation looked cool. I don't know. It's called Greece two with, uh, 
with Inuit John. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the there was a Grease too, actually in the in real life. But uh, yeah, no, um, it's called whatever, whatever the fuck. Oh, uh, Ease Ten got a release date. It's coming out at the end of September, only in Japan so far. No, no American release date, unfortunately. But that's cool. It gives me time to beat Ease Nine. Uh, Samba yeah. de Amigo got a release date too. Isn't that like August? Yeah, set for August. And it's 40 bucks, not a full 60. But of course, there's different, you know, actually, I think this has it as 50. Or no, 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 there's a standard edition that's 40. And then there's a deluxe edition that's 50. No Maraca adapter for your Joy-Cons that we know of yet, but. Damn. You can just tape your Joy-Cons to more. (laughs) Yeah, tape it to something else and shake it around. What else? Super Mario Brothers movie is now the third biggest animated movie of all time. Has has anybody? Mm-hmm. I, I know none of us has bought it, right? Nope. It's behind Frozen One and Two, right? Correct. Is it specifically Frozen One and Frozen Two? Yeah. Yep. It's a. I thought it was kind of funny. I mean, that this is maybe this is a very Nintendo thing, but they even charged like five dollars more for it to buy it on Prime. Like most most uh, movies. Well, actually, mo- most movies when they come out to rent, like right when they come out on the day, they're either like twenty or twenty-four dollars. They're charging thirty dollars to buy Mario digitally. So, it's because of the thirtieth anniversary suck, of suck Mario. more of the money out of there for that. Yeah. So maybe this is the last thing we'll say about Super Mario Brothers movie. I guess there's no other really benchmarks or, or things to say about it. I can't foresee anything. I mean, it's out on video, and it's the third biggest animated movie of all time. So I think that's all all she wrote on that as mm-hmm. far as what we'll say on it. I was surprised. What did you guys think of the Mario movie? <laughs> it was best, best movie I've ever seen. Uh, no, uh, I, I was surprised that it. I was really surprised that it released digitally as soon as it did with all the with all the hubbub about it in the theaters. You know. Yeah, just, yeah, but that's short lived. That has more to do with Universal's plans for the summer and not wanting to take away from their other box office. Like the fat, the Fast and Furious movie just came out this week too. So I was gonna say, what else? Like, what else do they have? It's it's the Fast and Furious movie, and there's some crossover with young kids want to see that as well, and so they just are pull, pulling that so it doesn't take away from their other big movies. Yeah, I was like, and what? It, it could have gone a lot longer, but what, like Angry Birds too? <laughs> are yeah. they making another one of those? I don't know, or whatever that trailer was with the ducks that looked like Duck Hunt that was at the beginning of uh, the Mario movie. And that was Illumination, but whatever. I don't know. Lego has made a. Pac-Man replica. This looks pretty cool. I, mean, I like the old trend of them doing old video game stuff, video game machines. The Nintendo, the Atari, and now a Pac-Man machine that actually functions as, as a crank. You can make the ghosts and Pac-Man move around. I mean, it's going to be expensive, but it looks cool. There, there was yeah, all... it's like it's a really expensive, but it looks so cool. There was also a Lego Racer that came out last week that nobody noticed, but <laughs> apparently that Lego Racing game is pretty good. I watched a review of it earlier today. It has a very in-depth uh, car maker. Which feels like you're actually oh. building a car with Legos. Like I saw the the person who was reviewing it made a really cool uh, Mad Max looking car that looked like a Mad Max's car. Isn't that what everybody wants to make a Mad Max car? I don't know. Maybe it's a pretty cool car. I, I mean, I've already tried it. <laughs> dubs. I want to make that. I want to make that truck from uh from Fury Road. That the I don't know if you read about this. We talked about it on our Justin Ice podcast way back when. But uh, the one of the one of the like the precision drivers who was like this, um, uh, you know, he's like a special effects guy. He basically made a truck that he could drive that could explode while him in it, and he could still drive it while it was exploding and on fire. I want to make that truck in the game. Like that was like oh. it was like this was going to be like his last movie, and that's what he did. He's like, I'm going to make this truck that can blow up, 
and completely protect me in it, and I will still be able to buy it and to drive it as it's blowing up. And I'm like, that is amazing. And that is why Fury Road is one of the best movies of all time. Oh, watch it again if you haven't seen it. But, uh, yeah, is there anything else? Uh, oh, I guess we, sh- we should talk about the Puzzle Bobble thing, right, since we all uh, posted it uh, multiple times on Slack. <laughs> The puzzle bubble e- demo. Oh, no, right. Yeah, there's a puzzle bubble every bubble demo now. It's limited, limited time, so get it, get it before it goes away. I thought it was funny. I posted it, and then John posted, it, and then Jeremy posted. It. I posted it because both of you posted it. I figured you were continuing the joke on there. Yeah. Is there anything else? I mean, do you. I mean, I guess we don't have to mention much about the PlayStation thing. I guess you could give a quick overview since you have a PS5. If you wanna. I didn't watch it. You didn't watch any of it. No, okay. I just start. I, I saw that what was posted in the slack i think by john about the about the portable you mean metal gear solid triangle that's like what it's called it's like metal gear solid with a green triangle at the end there was no three there i mean obviously it's a remake of three because they played the snake eater song while it was showing but it's metal gear solid green triangle that's what it's called i don't know i think the weirdest thing was the uh there was the fucking foam game the the square enix foam uh fortnite fighter that's like a foam party but you're shooting foam at each other out of guns Watch that one. That's a, that was the weirdest looking thing out of all of them. And this and Spider Man Two looks cool. I guess you can switch between a uh, angry, angry, angry uh, black suit Spider Man and Miles Morales and Craven the Hunter's in it. You got that. Uh, Final Fantasy Sixteen still does not look like a Final Fantasy game at all. But uh, yeah, I don't get this whole. <laughs> it's going to be a must own feeling that people have. It's like to I, me, this I, looks like a game I have no interest in. I don't like I, those I, kind of games. I was wondering. Uh, I, w- I I saw an article from like one of the five Final Fantasy creators saying that they that they were thinking about getting rid of like the Roman numerals. And my response yeah. was that was like you should also get rid of the Final Fantasy and just call it something else because it's not really like yeah. most of your other Final Fantasy games. Call it Devil May Cry five or six or whatever, or just call it Devil May Cry. Uh, crystals and there you go there'd be like a statue of a chocobo <laughs> in there somewhere and that's that's it that's the only reference to final fantasy the, the trailer's pretty funny the, the trailer's pretty funny because yeah you see like this very overly action game and then at the very end it plays like this music that sounds like old school like uh retro final fantasy and i'm like really this is this is what you this is what you're doing here to like relate it somehow to the i don't know i mean final fantasy lost its way like long since 12 i think but whatever but still, it's just kind of like, yeah. I, I know they're putting a lot on it, but I don't really care. I mean, of course, I'm interested because I, for once, I can actually play this upcoming stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't care about anything but tears right now. I mean, you did the same thing for Final Fantasy 15, and how much time did you get out of that one? <laughs> I played it w- one day. Yeah. I, I, the first day I had it, I played it a little bit, and I've never turned it on again. I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I played it longer than you did, but I did buy my PS4 initially to to get to play final fantasy 15 because i, I want to really, play that and the last guardian which i also only played for like a day which I, and i got a really cheap version of final fantasy 15 and i played it for a while until i you know kind of got confused as to what to do and just stopped playing it but the main reason was for yakuza 0 which is the game i played for seven years and still haven't beat but it's the game that keeps on giving it's great all right is there anything is there any other new stuff that anybody needs to say before we before we get out of here nope all right cool Thanks, everybody, for listening to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 372. Uh, and thanks, Jordan, for joining us for the interview. And everybody, check out Battle Kid Fortress of Peril on Switch if you want to play something that isn't Tears of the Kingdom, that's more uh, 8-bit and all that stuff. Check that out. And you can also check out us at patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast, where you can hear additional episodes 
There's a new thing. There's a new trial thing for Patreon. I, I want to try to get that going. So hopefully, maybe in the next few weeks, we can do like a seven-day trial for our Patreon or whatever you can hear. Some of our bonus stuff that's only locked behind a paywall, which will be fun. I was going to try to do that today, but I got sidetracked by interview stuff or whatever. But yeah, um, you can check us out there. You can go to on Twitter, Jeremy and I are at jmaxstack and at ninten underscore domain. Or you can find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Podcast, or twitch.tv slash Podcast. I will stream again soon. I was a little too uh, hungover from the weekend to stream this Monday, but I'll do it again soon enough. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. Jerry Mikowski. John Nitter. And uh, we'll see you next week. See ya.